gentlemen and welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in northwest Pennsylvania. It's been nice and warm recently and that's been a nice breath of fresh air from the frigid cold we experience every winter. We broadcast each and every weeknight from Monday through Friday 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on Global Star Radio Network. We are also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio as well as YouTube. You can watch us and uh, live and archive each and every night. Uh, links to each audio and video broadcast can be found at our home base on the internet at hagmanandhagman.com. Spell that all out, hagmanandhagman.com. Um, I am Joe Hagman, uh, private investigator, co-host with my father, Doug Hagman, who is sitting right beside me and will be with us shortly. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight, a surprise announcement, followed by uh, Paul McGuire, as well as Mike from HearTheWatchman.com will be joining us in hours two, and Mike uh, will be coming on, and Paul will be staying on throughout the second and third hour, and we're going to talk about the conference, some new deals on the live stream, as well as uh, you know what we can expect, not only with the conference, but with news and current events, and what we see happening in the real world as far as the, the prophecy and implications. Um, tonight, our... Tonight's show is brought to you by WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. Folks, if you want to get an idea of what Whole Tones is all about, go back to our Tuesday broadcast. Tuesday, the date was, was today? Thursday, 10th, so it was on the 8th. We had Michael Terrell on the first two hours of our broadcast. And Michael Terrell is the owner of WholeTonesLive.com. And uh, he's been on the show before. And... Uh, this last Tuesday was his latest appearance, and it was uh, just a fantastic show, and you can get a great idea of what Whole Tones is all about, what they offer, and how that came to be if you go back to our March 8th broadcast of the Hagman and Hagman Report. That, that was a fantastic show, by the way. I thought that yeah. was fantastic. And lots of great feedback we got uh, from the audience, and, and they really enjoyed that. and uh, We really enjoyed Michael Terrell's time and, and company and his insight. And he shed a little bit more light on how whole tones came about and Kishore, why it came about. Kishore, wondering what I'm doing, folks. I I I, I came unplugged. I I became unplugged here. Yeah, that's the, the one end. That's one end. Yeah, there we go. Well, let's, you know, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, um, right. you know, we uh, no, no, get... are ah, there, yeah, there's the the whole tones, uh, yeah, the whole tones uh, icon there. And WholeTonesLive.com, again, Michael Terrell. He uh, is a musician and author, and he uh, found the healing frequency frequency uh, of biblical music of King David and the astounding healing effects. Now, we've actually heard back from musicians since he was on Tuesday, and that uh, he, he talked about tuning machines and how they, uh, the tuners were not tuned properly, were not tuning the musical equipment to the proper frequency. And... Uh, 
you know, just lots of great feedback. Again, WholeTonesLive.com is our sponsor tonight, Michael Terrell. But we, as again, as I said, we have a special announcement for you tonight, as well as Paul McGuire, who will be uh, opening the conference. He's the opening conference speaker here at TheWatchman.com. And Mike, uh, one of the conference organizers, will be joining us in hours two, and Paul will be staying with us th- till the end of the show. Well, you know, it's... Uh I'm really looking forward to meeting everyone uh, at the conference, folks. And you know, we we do talk about the live streaming, and, and Joe has talked about it. And um, I had a long conversation with uh, Mike, the conference organizer, today about live streaming, and it's a great deal. And and how 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 great is technology today when it's used for good as opposed to evil? But it's it's very good. So, however, um, I talked to I had a doctor's appointment today, yeah. and um, yeah, the doctor go? I talked to. <laughs> yeah. uh, how far along are you? Yeah, you know, surgery when I come back. But the doctor he couldn't go to a conference that he needed to go to uh, in the D.C. area over the weekend, and they didn't have the live stream available. But what they're doing is selling the the CDs, the audio CDs, and he was kind of frustrated because he couldn't get the information. And I was explaining to him how. The conference we're attending had the capabilities of the live stream, and he said, "You know, I wish that the organizers." And this was a, uh, you know, American Medical Association big kind of conference on, uh, you know, some aspect of of what he does. And so, so what your doctor was saying is they couldn't. They wish they had the capabilities of the live stream because he could not attend for family reasons, and uh, he could not get the that. information until they released the CD. So, isn't you know, isn't that amazing? Okay, uh, here you have a medical doctor, the American Medical Association. They probably have the capabilities, but there's an expense to that, and and there's also some coordination, a lot of work. I mean, just ask Eric. Eric's. Are you doing anything with that live streaming? Or no, not down there. But Eric's a veteran of live streaming. I gotta tell you, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So, um, and there, there's an expense, there's work, there's coordination. And so these guys do it. I mean, God bless them. But, uh, you would think that the AMA would have, yeah, or the, the physician would have the, um, wherewithal. To, to get it done. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you very much for um, for joining us tonight. And, and uh, uh, I do have an announcement here. I'm gonna, I want to make this announcement, I think, closer to the uh, probably the bottom of the hour as opposed to anything else. Uh, I, there's there's something that I want to I want I want to that I will announce. Um, I've kept it. Uh, I, it's nothing bad, nothing bad at all. In fact, it's I think it's. Pretty oh, good. Very good. You know, very good. I, I've kept it uh, secret, uh, actually, from everyone except uh, a few people. Joe didn't even know. No, um, today. J- you know, I think JD and uh, my wife didn't even know, actually. Uh, it was just JD and Eric, the tech, and uh, one other person, I believe. So, but that at the bottom of the hour, and I think if you folks, if you want to stay tuned to that, I do have an announcement. And again, um, bottom of the hour, I'll make that announcement. Um, so g- grab your family members, your friends, have them tune in. I think it's important. A, a press release will follow my announcement. <laughs> no, I'm not running for president. Who'd want that job, right? But anyway. 
uh, and I, I'm not trying to build up any mystery behind it. I just, uh, I just really, uh, it's kind of an emotional thing for me. So, um, uh, I just kind of want to wait for a little bit, uh, yeah, before I fine. do that. So anyway, a lot of things to get into as well. A lot of headlines today. All right. Yeah, there's a few that caught my eye. Um, and I don't know, we didn't really talk about, you know, uh, content before the show, but there are, uh, you know, headlines dealing with, um, anti-government sentiment in high school and new programs to, um, you know, weed that out from that to Fukushima to the presidential race. And I believe there's the debates tonight, some more debates that we'll be seeing, uh, and I believe those are tonight's ahead of the what the primaries next week in Florida. Uh, <clears throat> is is it uh, is Florida next week or the, the number of states next week? I'm 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 in the various states, but, but you know when we look at this, we're looking at theater. I mean that's the bottom line, right? Yeah, and you know we if we want to open with this tonight. This is about the two year anniversary of from Fukushima. Two years, five years. Or I'm sorry. You said two years. Did I, I say two years? Yeah, and I repeated uh, that after you. That's right. Five 2011, years. Right. March 9th was the earthquake and then the uh, subsequent nuclear reactor explosion. But Fukushima is ground zero. No place for man or robot. This from Reuters. The robots sent in to find highly radioactive fuel at Fukushima's nuclear reactors have died. A subterranean ice wall around the crippled plant meant to stop groundwater from becoming contaminated has yet to be finished and authorities still do not know how to dispose of highly radioactive water stored in an ever-mounting number of tanks around the site five years ago one of the worst earthquakes in history triggered a 10 meter high tsunami that crashed into the fukushima daiichi nuclear power station causing uh, multiple meltdowns nearly 19,000 people were killed or left missing and 160,000 lost their homes or livelihoods Today, the radiation at Fukushima plant is still so powerful it has been proven impossible to get into its bowels to find any uh, way to remove the extremely dangerous blobs of molten fuel rods. The plant's operator, uh, Temco, or Tokyo Electric Power Corporation, has made some progress, such as removing hundreds of spent fuel rods in one damaged building, but the technology needs to be established the location of the melted fuel rods and other three reactors at the plant has not been developed. It's extremely difficult to access the inside of a nuclear plant. Uh, this from one of the Temco's head decontamination um, uh, employees. They said it's the big, the biggest obstacle is the radiation. So much so that it's uh, not allowing, it's, it's killing the robots that they send in there to fix it. Which is just, to me, uh, how I does that work? That. Yeah. I do not understand that. But from the robots dying to the irritated water, they, uh, Temco, which is fiercely criticized for its handling of the disaster, says conditions at the Fukushima power station, uh, site of the worst nuclear disaster, have improved dramatically. Radiation levels in many places on the site now are as low as those in Tokyo. And I read an article about uh, a few weeks ago uh, from, it was either the prime minister of Japan or a mayor of, of Tokyo, where they said that at the time of the disaster they were um, debating whether or not to evacuate Tokyo, which has a population of uh, in the around surrounding areas, which was like fifty or sixty million people. I was going to say there, uh, Tokyo must be uh, there must be a thousand people there anyway, right? <laughs> <I'm just laughs> I mean, they decided not to evacuate, yeah. and 
for them to say now that radiation well, levels well, in many places. You know what JD was telling me about about the, where he in his area the nuclear power plant is radiating the water leaking in, into the water su- supply in Florida. You have that around the country in well, several we, places. We do, we we do. But what bothers me the most about about um, Fukushima, Joe, to me, what bothers me the most, and, and folks, you have this disaster that took place. I mean, man-made argue one one can argue that it could have been man-made. Well, it could have been Perhaps. avoided if it was further inland, if it wasn't, you know. Right well, uh, I mean, you know, the cause uh, of of this. Well, at, at any rate, regardless of whatever the cause might have been, let's look at the situation. Five years into this, we've got radiation that's just pouring into the Pacific, and everywhere. We're, I mean, the poison is just beyond measure at this point. Yet the news blackout. But what bothers mm-hmm. me the most is the most critical serious ecological disaster in the world on the planet in the history of the planet why why don't we hear more talk about you know going and doing and fixing the issues or fixing the problems or attempts to why wouldn't the united nations be meeting every day getting their heads together i mean the, the, every every because this will affect every person every normal mortal human being mm-hmm. so why aren't all resources being used to fix this and when you look at it that way this deeply concerns me i mean i'm very i'm very concerned about this obviously and people will argue well the radiation hasn't hit california or it's i mean think of the last five years look at the arguments by by the pseudo intellectuals, conservatives, progressives, whatever. Look at the arguments. Well, radiation hasn't hit California yet, um, or it hasn't hit Washington State yet, or maybe it has. Or um, regardless of the positions, it just is incredible to me why the the direction of conversation isn't. Who in the world should be fixing this? Yeah, and instead we saw, like you said, a media blackout. We saw the EPA raising the accepted level of radiation levels from, right. uh, you know, doubling them more than one time. And now, you know, Temco is saying that it's completed about 10% of the site, uh, the cleanup process at the site, but the decontamination process could take up to 30 to 40 years. But, you know, when this happened, don't worry. It's not going to affect anybody. And, and you know... Ann Coulter, I remember her, the political pundit, and and isn't it amazing? And, and, and this kind of I know is, right where you're going to say. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and you were the one that told me about this, uh, Joe, where Ann Coulter had said, "Oh, radiation is good for you, you know, run to it, that kind of stuff." Mm-hmm. But but you know, for example, people with a mega mega microphones like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. And I'm naming people specifically and purposely because why aren't they? Instead of instead of paying attention to the political issues, why in America why aren't they saying, look, we've got a real major issue here, and why aren't they they putting the heat on the government and, and the principalities of, of of the world, or or the leaders of the world, I should say, why aren't they putting the heat on? I don't I don't quite understand that. And to, to bring it back around to the Hear the Watchman conference, we're going to be doing a panel with uh, J.B. Wells, Josh Tolley, you and I, Sheila Zelensky on Sunday. And um, 
we're going to, this is one of the, the things we should use as a, uh, a talking point. You know, the alternative media and their coverage of Fukushima versus the mainstream. Because the mainstream media did all they could, but, you know, to ignore it and to, to cover it up. Uh, I have a question I have to ask Eric. What's a Nuber? A Nuber. N-U-B-E-R. Folks, I, I love this. We have actually in front of us, um, we have a, a, a kind of a method of communicating it. We, we've got a, a computer screen. Well, actually, it's a television monitor. Basically, it's a 40 inch. And, uh, it's not a teleprompter, but it's occasionally if there are messages, for example, it's, it's always on. And it, it will, for example, we monitor numerous, uh, media, you know, uh, CNN or it, it doesn't matter whatever the but I think I just found out what that means no 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 I know I mean I was but anyway um, if Eric has something to tell us behind the, you know he doesn't want to yell out he'll type something and then we'll see it anyway instead of saying number writing numbers he wrote Nuber so I just oh. have to get him you know what is well, this well actually Nuber according to crunchbase.com says it's the first location aware business number the Nuber applications adds a second business line to your iPhone isn't that so uh, that's interesting alright don't second get it there <laughs> we get you know we can't get you mic'd up now uh, folks um when Joe was absent, uh, what, a week ago or so? A week ago Tuesday. Yeah. yeah uh, there was a camera on him and he had a microphone, I think. Uh, and, and it's, uh, it's fun to watch him because it's like his little, little spaceship back there. But, uh, anyway. Um, the big talk politically, of course, is about how Cruz and Bush have, have extremely deep Teamed ties. Up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that according to Roger Stone. And there, there's, from the Daily, caller it's amazing to me um i guess you just uh, i'm amazed half the time apparently when you look at the the uh geopolitical characters that were that we're faced with um well michael terrell said something i'll I'll throw this in there first the uh, america has a god-sized or god-shaped hole in its heart and I thought that was pretty profound. God-shaped hole in its heart. And, and I agree with that. And, of course, Steve Quayle says there are no political solutions. Yeah, just, there are no political solutions to spiritual problems. But the incestuous, the incestuous relationship of, 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 of everyone inside the Beltway is just, to me, very incredible. That it's incredible that... that all of the ties are not exposed by by everyone. I mean, by everyone in the media. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, if you're not an insider, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you're not part of the system, then you really you really have to have a rocket ship tied to your back in order to get into the system, or a heck of a lot of money. Trump at this point has both, and that's why the establishment Republicans are afraid of him. But at, at any rate, um, I just thought it was uh, just—it's it, just amazing to, to take a look and di- to dissect. And Chris Pinnell talked about this yesterday. And folks, if you haven't heard that broadcast yesterday, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Greg Jackson today, and uh, author Greg Jackson, author of Forty Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die, and. 
oh, folks, he's got another book coming out sometime in the future. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm not sure if I'm speaking out of school, so I'm going to be quiet. But he's got a lot of good stuff to say. But but he was saying about uh, um, well, I mean, he, he was just just talking a lot about what we're seeing here. And uh, he said, and something he said really struck me, and I've heard it before, but I guess when you really think about it, when you've got a reality television star, a thrice-divorced reality TV star, um, who's leading in the polls and, you know, is the presumptive person for the White House. We we do forgive past sins, of course, don't we? We we are, we are supposed to. If if the if if a man or a woman re, truly repents, then they're forgiven. Because man, if if we were convicted on all of our past sins, I don't think any one of us could could make it through the gates of heaven. It's only by God's grace and by our repentance and God's death on the cross, you know, Jesus's death on the cross for us. That we are going to get through the gates of of heaven. It's not certainly not by our works, and certainly not. It's not by anything else. So to judge someone will or not, or not, I'm not not to judge, but to to um, just to consider one's heavenly trajectory, shall we say? Uh, to me, uh, you've got you've got to take into account, of course. Uh, you know, you've got to ask yourself whether whether Trump has repented or not, and we know whether he has accepted uh, Jesus as the Lord and Savior. But I, I guess what I'm saying is this: we've all sinned in the past. We cannot get to heaven without the salvation of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, so that should not be really. I mean, the, the ultimate litmus test is whether he has accepted, repented, and accepted. Right. But having said all of that. Um, the, the playing field, the, the number of people that we have, the character of the people that we have running for office, leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it, it, I mean, but but again, and we cannot fix spiritual problems with political candidates. And and I don't mean to pick on Donald Trump because hopefully we can get fifteen or twenty minutes with him here in the near future. But um, I, I just think it's just. Um, I don't know. I, I think people are, are really looking toward this and embracing this potential political uh, candidate as, as the savior. And I, I use that word intentionally again, savior, because we are, are we not? Are the, are the American people not looking for a savior right now? Of course we are. Of course the, the, the population is it's a political savior, not a messiah, but a political savior. But how quickly can that turn into a messiah figure? And it doesn't have to be Donald Trump. It could be any person in that position. How quickly could that person turn from a political savior into a really a spiritual messiah when you think about it? It can be anyone. And I, I and look what happened with Obama, Joe. I mean, Obama in 08, we were so sick of the wars and everything. But again, this is all kind of rehashing things. I don't want to get too far down that road, but... but it's something to think about, I guess, as I, as, since you were talking. One thing, uh, I don't know whether you saw this, the, the uh, EU, there's uh, an official says, 
EU will completely break down in 10 days. Did you, we are heading into anarchy. Zara Hedge had posted this today, or I'm sorry. Well, I read about uh, the, uh, sorry, to, the end of February, and then we brought this. Uh, the new international, the EU's new, uh, you know, uh, printing policy on their, they're doing like a quantitative easing, pushing towards negative interest rates in the EU now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and they're, they're printing and pumping out money, you know, backed by nothing. Um, at a alarming rate, and this was the headline I, I I read yesterday. So I did not see that though. Then. Well, no, this okay. I I should have made it clear from the beginning. This comment was made on the twenty fifth of February that the EU will basically crash and burn in ten days, and it, it had to do. Well, I can even go back. This is a headline on Zero Hedge, and what we do frequently is we'll we'll, we'll kind of bookmark and and watch for certain things especially when 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 there's like a time frame going on here now that does not mean to say that that the information in what this posting says is is incorrect the Nor- norwegian prime minister um it's a female uh erna solberg uh, had said look we don't want to this we don't want to skirt our responsibilities under the Geneva Convention, and we don't want to trample over human rights. But she said, "I will vote to do so if necessary." What she was referring to is turning away the alien invasion from her country. Uh, Solberg is effectively prepared, according to this article, to turn everyone away and go into lockdown mode. Should everything fall apart completely, causing Europe to descend in some sort of lawlessness, which everyone, or not everyone, but she is predicting that that will happen with every one of the European Union nations. Now, she had made some very interesting points, and the reason I'm going back to this from the 25th day of February is because we're beyond the 10-day, you know, within the 10 days. So... When you look at the, you know, what has happened within the last 10 days, um, three days ago, there was a summit that was held in Turkey, uh, in Ankara. Now, I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but, um, this was in reference to those people seeking asylum in Western Europe. And there were some leaked documents that had showed that, uh, Turkey's Prime Minister, and that's our studio dog right now, doing her job because we have somebody coming into the studio here. Uh, but anyway, uh, the uh, Erdogan is uh, uh, allegedly attempting to blackmail Europe. We can open the doors to Greece and Bulgaria at any time. Basically, what the Prime Minister of Turkey is saying and doing is that they're going to just flood Western Europe, as they are doing and continue to do so, and that is again this attempt to to um, uh, to balkanize the European Union and to break up the European Union. So you've got the, the the head of Turkey that has promised or has stated the intent is to break up the European Union. So that's and why did I bring this up now? Well. Okay, we're three days post the, you know, three days after the, uh, the Turkish event. We're, we're not seeing any type of, um, any type of resolution to this. In fact, it's getting worse. 
uh, Lebanon has become home to about a million of the four million Syrians who have left the, their nation. A you've got uh, France making laws against discussions or against any type of uh, um, well anything to do with with this alien invasion. And you can't even, basically, you can't even talk about it now in parts of France. And that may, in fact, become a French law. Germany expects to accommodate 3.6 million migrants, aliens, in, in the next three years, four years. Think about that, folks. Talk about rending a, 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 just the total, uh, just renting, renting the, the, the culture. But here is... The, the real nugget here. When you look at the various information that is coming outside of, or coming out of the, the, the Washington, D.C., and you start looking at Cruz, the connections between Cruz, his wife, the CFR, big banks, and you start connecting the dots, this is exactly what they've got planned for the United States, and this ties directly with what Chris Pinto said last night, and even, um, and this is why they cannot ha- afford to have Donald Trump in here as, as, as president. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, um, the timing is just, to me, is extremely interesting. When you look at what the European is, the European Union is doing and, and those lawmakers or those officials standing up for the integrity and sovereignty of their nations. Meanwhile, the United States, um, we're doing everything, our leaders are doing everything possible to just destroy the, the foundations of the United States. And throughout this whole process, we have the, or throughout this whole uh, plan, we have the political process taking place. And within that political process of political theater, we're seeing this take place. We're seeing the solutions being offered by people like Donald Trump, yet the acquiescence uh, to, to this alien invasion by Ted Cruz and others. Now, don't send me emails saying, well, Cruz has got a plan for this. You look at the plans. No one really has a plan for this. No one at all. Trump does. However, can he execute it? I don't know. But we're also getting information, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. We're also getting information, and this came within the last 24 hours. And I don't know if this is openly reported, Joe, or not. You can uh, certainly tell me if it was. The... um Border Patrol agents have been told to stand down. And this is a long, I mean, not just recently, but, I mean, for a long time. But of late, and I'm saying since the beginning of the year, the stand-down orders have caused such a problem within the rank-and-file members of the Border Patrol that um, there is many many of them are ready to walk off. Mm-hmm. They're being put into areas that are known to be Low priority areas. Low priority areas. Okay, exactly. So there's this big rift within the Border Patrol, as there is in the FBI, behind the scenes, and none of this is being talked about. None of this is being talked about, um, which is very disconcerting to me. But, again, February 25th, you had this, uh, the, the official from Europe, uh, the Norwegian Prime Minister say if something's not done, you know, we could it really break down in the next ten days, okay? And there are people, progressives and others, saying, well, that's just uh, hyperbole. Then you have the European countries making uh, some serious uh, 
threats to to shut up you know shut people up who complain about or who protest the alien invasion and everything we're seeing happen over there is about to be mirrored over here folks watch out for the uh uh really the the I suppose watch out for our assault on our First Amendment rights to talk about the alien invasion. And we're seeing it happen little by little. The Facebook here, Twitter there. The Pope's commented on it uh, yeah. uh, pertaining to Europe, and he says it will bring unity to Europe, uh, this you know influx of um, immigrants that are coming over. That they need it's a it's a social fact and and that it's a good thing and it will it will bring unity to Europe when we Which see is, that the opposite is the case. Um, also, you know, the border patrol was something that you mentioned. There has been uh, some press releases from sheriffs, uh, especially in Arizona, talking about how the border patrol agency has been handcuffed in its ability to deal with uh, the illegal immigration issue and that not only have they been put in low-priority areas, but they've been uh, made to release, re-release uh, people that they've captured back into the U.S. population. That's right. And, you know, one of the mass murderers, there was a a serial killer who was caught in Kansas City, (laughs) killed five or six people, was a a deported, uh, was it either a Mexican immigrant or Central American immigrant who already had a violent criminal history. And, you know, we've seen this is at least the fifth or sixth occasion that has been a highly... uh, Highly looked after uh, headline, you know, uh, or incident with a a immigrant and killing of of U.S. citizens. Uh, also, another piece of news here that I think is important: the head of the U.S. Cyber Command Division warned that they expect a major cyber attack on critical infrastructure inside the United States in the near future. It's only a matter of when, not the if. We're going to see a nation, state, group, or actor engage in destructive behavior against critical infrastructure of the United States, inside the United States. Admiral Mike Rogers, Cyber Command Chief and Director of National Security Agency, warned in a speech on March 2nd. Um, This is in the Washington Times, titled Inside the Ring, uh, Infrastructure at Risk. The incident was a very uh, well-crafted attack. They're um, talking about a... During this uh, secretary's conference in San Francisco came seven weeks after a sophisticated cyber attack on the Ukrainian electrical power grid that disrupted large segments of the country's power and network. They said the incident was a well-crafted attack and was focused on disrupting electrical power. They expect that the these kind of attacks are coming to the United States, and this attack in particular happened on the 23rd of December in western Ukraine, which caused over 200 homes and businesses to lose power for over six hours. The outage was the result of a cyber attack against networks of the local power company, making the first blackout to be caused by malicious software, the report had stated. And the the report identified the malware used in the attack as Black Energy 3, which is known to target critical infrastructure and has been traced to Russia by security researchers. Ukraine's Secret Service said the operation was the work of Russian intelligence agencies, and the Ukrainian energy minister said the attackers used Russian-based Internet providers and made phone calls from inside Russia as part of a coordinated cyber attack on Ukrainian's power grid. Huh. Now the head of Cyber Command is warning it's only a matter of time before future cyber attacks will manipulate data here in the United States and cause the same kind of uh, malicious uh, power outages 
that they saw in Ukraine. And again, reiterating what the cyber uh, commander said, that it's not a matter of if, but when. That's exactly right. And that's kind of a good segue into into my announcement. And uh, I I just want to make this announcement, folks. Uh, And again, I'm dealing with with an issue that's, that's pretty close to my heart. And uh, I guess I, I've been asked by a number of people many times, how did you get where you're at? Not, I mean, uh, how did you get where you're at in terms of doing what you're doing? For example, how did you get here doing what you're doing, the radio show and that, that type of thing? And that has caused me to think a, think a lot about the journey that, that got that got me here. So I do have an announcement to make and it's it's reference it's in reference to basically how and why we're doing what we're doing. Today, in today's world, our perception has become reality, has it not? Beliefs become embedded in the average person's perception of the world and events around them. Think about that. Isn't it pretty much that everything we see, we believe to be true? Even if we see it with, I mean, we see something with our own eyes, we have a certain belief about it. Or as we're going along with our daily tasks, there's a belief that things are normal, that normalcy bias. But in reality, folks, not everything is as it appears. I remember one time being told by a a person who held a very high position in the world of government intelligence that there's an entirely different world of evil and of darkness that exists about which the average person knows nothing about nothing nothing at all and and if you would tell them about that world that exists they wouldn't believe you I don't know where each individual listener is at right now and viewer but that was my world some 30 years ago. And frankly, that was my world through 9-11, roughly. You know, I, that again, that was my world, and, and I often sit back and I kind of long sometimes to return to that world of naivete, of, of ignorant bliss, but you know, you can't unsee something, right? If you see something, you can't unsee it. If you're told something, you can't unhear it. And if you, well, you can't unlearn what you've learned. So if you as the listener or the viewer are setting on a path or set on, are on a path to, to learn or to understand, my question to you, are you ready to, are you ready for the results? It was, um, in 1982 when I got a phone call from my father and I responded to that phone call. He said, Doug, you, something terrible has happened at, at at the house come and I mean his voice it was just horrible so 
I was dressed, ready for work, and anyway, and I, I got there in minutes. I mean, I'm not even sure I hung up the phone, or I'm not even sure I knew what I was going into, but, uh, and some folks, you know this story, but I ran into the house, and I asked my dad what was going on, and he said, your uncle, and took me into my old bedroom, and, and there, my uncle was um, stabbed over 36 times. His body was laying in, in, in my my old bedroom. His throat was cut. The wounds were horrible. There were blood spatter on the walls and the ceiling and lamps and every 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 piece of furniture in the room and he was dead. And and de- death has a certain violent death has a certain smell to it and a certain feel and texture in the air to it. And um, I, I was looking at, I mean, I couldn't hardly believe what I what I was looking at because I, I, I was involved in the emergency medical services field for a few years before that, five years before that, both on the fire rescue unit and in, in the paramedic rescue unit. So I'd seen a lot of death and such, but but certainly not that personal and that violent. The reason I bring this up, again, you can't unsee what you, you can't unsee something like that. I mean, I remember, I mean, believe me. And um, the, the reason I bring this up is it taught me a lot. It taught me that there there's good and evil out there. Now, I didn't learn this, and I guess this is the real thing that I want to really want to push. I did not learn this. It took me thirty over thirty years to learn that that's just not a saying. Oh, there's good and evil. No, no, there is a real evil that exists out there. And a couple of years ago, I met Russ Dizdar, and Russ took. I mean, he had enough faith in me as an investigator. He brought me into his confidence, and we talked about a number of cases. And, in fact, I helped him, or we had worked together. I'm not sure how much help I was to him, to be honest with you, but we had we had worked uh, some things together, and we still are, even to this day. Here's what, here's what I want to tell you. There is, right now, a network of Satanism, satanic ritual abuse, child abductions, child torture. The Franklin cover-up, I, I often reference that. Remember Franklin Savings and Loan of the 1980s? Lawrence King big guy in the Republican National Convention. Eh. You can read about his exploits and the associates, his associates, what they had done. And you know something? What they, what Lawrence King was alleged to have done to children, the children, it's, it's, almost unthinkable 
how many people remember and, and folks when Russ Dizdar Joe Russ talked I'm, I'm hoping I'm not talking out of school R- Russ did mention looking for a child in a cage right on air mm-hmm. all right <laughs> more than once I guess on I guess I would end on that and yeah. his, on his show and ours, because we do listen to his show. <clears throat> it's played here in the studio every night before we come on, and I, I've heard him talking, I think, uh, even as early as last week about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I didn't understand. 30 years ago, this was in 1982, April 28th, 1982. Was, it was a Wednesday morning. It was... So I got the call from my father, and, um, well, that anniversary is coming up here very shortly. And uh, the murder was horrendous, as I said. 1987, five years after the murder, I I just became a, a, I don't know, I was within a couple of months. I just become a private investigator. And... um, I mean, I was new to the private investigative field, and I teamed up with a, I joined up with a, with a man who was a veteran PI, and uh, I got a call in, in January of 1987. My, it was my father. He said, "Hey, uh, m- maybe you and your partner can take on this case." Actually, he said, "Maybe your partner can take this case on," because you see, from 1982 to 1987, that five-year period, despite forensic evidence, ample forensic evidence. You have to understand, too, at the time, forensic evidence was not what it is today. But having said all of that, just imagine somebody sticking their hand in a paint bucket and putting it against a wall. And the the fingerprints that you can get and the palm prints from that. But now, understand what paint was blood so imagine the, the the forensic evidence from that. Okay. Now I'm not. I know I'm not being very eloquent here, and, and I make no apologies for that. And I know I'm taking a long way around to get to my point, but the reason I'm taking a, my, a long way around is because you have to know and understand and appreciate the backstory. This is the backstory. So anyway. Five years had gone by, and despite ample amounts of physical evidence, forensic evidence, there are no arrests made. So as a young PI, cocksure myself. Oh, I was sure of myself, man. <laughs> I had a badge and everything. I had a badge and a gun. I, uh, so I had everything. I mean, you couldn't stop me. So... Anyway, my father, as the executor of this, of my uncle's estate, kind of the head of the family unit, said, "Yeah, go ahead. Let's see if you can solve a case, solve this case." M- more so, not me, because you see, it, family members don't believe in other family members. You can't preach in your own city. You know, or your own town, basically. I mean, with or to your own family, I should say. So anyway, I had an under basic understanding that that good and evil existed, but I did not understand how deep this evil was. 
again, 1987. 30 years plus today, almost almost to the day. The last five years, four years, three years, two years, I was dealing with, I've been dealing with, dealing with uh, Russ Dizdar. Black Awakening, his book. I'm just going to quote one thing here. I've heard the demons scream again and again. They know what is coming, judgment for them. So now they fight before that dreadful day. They have to. They have and are now, and will now, or I'm sorry, they have and will use human lives to accomplish their agenda. And this includes the Black Awakening and their new order. You see, everything we're talking about, everything we've talked about over the last, well, forever, basically, is about this new world order, but the underpinnings of the new world order, the tent poles of this, the structure of the new world order is demonic, is extremely demonic. People, men in power, women in power are involved in the demonic and the satanic. And there is satanic ritual abuse against children and people going on today. Listen to Russ Dizdar, what he says. Listen to his story, read his book, understand the the depth and the depra- the depth of the depravity that is taking place right now, right before our very eyes. How many children go missing every year? And aside from their faces being put on milk cartons or an amber alert, do we know really what's going on? Where they where they've gone to? In many cases, no. And the same goes for you'll never hear about. You'll never hear about the altar, satanic altar built in the backyard of your neighbor or or in the wooded area that's just outside of your town. You're never going to hear about that from local authorities. Oh, there might be some scuttlebutt by the police, but you're never going to hear about it on the news because they don't want you to hear about it because they're, they are compromised. Yeah. We talk about secret societies in this program. Why? Because just to talk about them? No. Because there are secret societies in this country and all throughout the West that are involved in this very, well, in satanic ritual abuse and the use of children. And as Joe mentioned, we are talking about, yeah, imagine Russ Dizdar. Imagine him looking for a child kept in a dog crate, a 13, maybe 14-year-old child who's living out her existence in a dog crate and is being subjected to mental and physical torture on a consistent basis after which they will kill her. And imagine getting pictures in the mail of that young girl, that being Russ Dizdar. And imagine Russ Dizdar taking that those pictures and the you know giving them to the FBI but imagine but imagine the inability to find that child despite the best attempts hmm? that's happening today i said all that just to say this i guess the conference here the Watchman Conference on March starts on March 18th. On March 18th, uh, folks, uh, I've been working on a project now for the last five years, more than that, and and, and 
It's a book. On March 18th, at Hear the Watchman Conference, this is not some PR diddly trick or nothing like that. It just happened to be line up in time. I guess it's God's God's timing, not mine. But I was astounded when, when I found out that my book will be, the first day my book will actually be available, will be the first day of the conference. And I didn't know that, really. It's just the way it happened. Folks, I, I have written and, uh, a book. It's called, uh, well, you can go ahead and put it up on the, on the screen there. Stained by Blood. A, a murder investigation. And it's my story. It's actually not my story. It, it, it's my uncle's story. But it's a story about me not really understanding the depth and depravity of, of evil. Going through this and seeing things I, I didn't understand. I never knew what an unk was back then. And even after it was explained to me, I did not know its significance. I did not know what a symbol, what a Baphomet symbol was back then. And even after it was explained to me, I still didn't know, really know what it was. And even after somebody sat me down and said to to me, your uncle was a homosexual, I had my suspicions. I didn't really know. The lifestyle, the depravity involved between that and Satanism is what got him killed. We took on that investigation and literally went through hell. This is an announcement of of my book, my story, my uncle's story, that I would like to offer to you or I'm offering to, to anyone who wants it to buy it, you know. It's not a sales pitch, but it, it's it's a story about the investigation. It's a true story. I didn't hold anything back. It's based on a true story. I mean, names are changing certain, certain things, but the important items are there. First day of releases on the day of the first day of the conference. I only have a limited number, I believe, of copies available on that day, but and it's not going to be available before the day. I'm not taking pre-sales or anything like that, but I just want to let you know, folks, that evil is real. The people involved in this Satanism, is re- they're real. The process is real. So it's with both delight and sadness that I'm offering this. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two of this Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This hour, we're going to be joined by Paul McGuire and Mike from HearTheWatchman.com. We're going to get to them shortly in just a minute. Yeah, I just want to announce, you know, folks, if you tuned in to this week, of course, um, uh, Michael uh, Terrell, 
Terrell from WholeTonesAlive.com was our guest. We talked about frequency. Just very briefly, I would like everyone really to go to WholeTonesAlive.com, go to their website, and download the samples. You know, when we talk about, when we deal, and this was me this week and the weeks before dealing with heavy, 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 heavy emotional things, Whole Tones Live really kept me, at least I think it kept my, that in prayer, of course, kept my mind straight. But Whole Tones Live, but folks, music is one of life's greatest pleasures. It has tremendous power. It has the power to bring a tear to your eye. It has the power to quiet a racing mind. It has the power to heal. Music has been used through the ages to treat depression, to create energy, to induce sleep, to relieve chronic pain, to reduce stress, and even cure disease. That's right. Remember the talk about cure the music touching you at a cellular level? And now, musician and author, Michael Terrell has created Whole Tones, the Healing Frequency Music Projects. These frequencies were studied in the music of King David and believed to have astounding healing effects. Now you can benefit from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy simply by listening daily to this music in the comfort of your own home, your own car, your office. Oh my goodness, do we do all three. It's a new year, of course, so reward yourself with a gift of healing and transformation. Don't miss this opportunity to get an absolutely free sample of this music so you can begin benefiting right now. That's today. Yes, you can do it. Go support this broadcast and go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com with a W. You can go to Hagman and Hagman, click on the link. HagmanHagman.com, click on the link, and get a free sample of these soothing, relaxing, revitalizing musical tones. Go to WholeTonesLive.com today for your free sample. Don't wait. And I must say, I am a believer in this because I felt the difference between prayer and that music, what I call music therapy and prayer. Those two things. Um, man, makes a difference. That's WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. So glad. You know, one of my most favorite people in the entire world is Paul McGuire. I love to listen to him talk. I love to listen to, I love to read his books. And I, I thank God that he is on our side, that he's a brother in Christ. I, I, I just value our friendship. I value our brotherhood. I value our, our everything. I value Paul McGuire's ministry. And I'm sure every one of you out there do as well. Another individual I've grown to know and really understand his character and integrity as he's been through a blast furnace is Mike Kerr, the, the head of here, the watchman, the, the conference organizer. We are absolutely blessed to have both Paul McGuire and Mike Kerr on tonight with us. Uh, having said that, I'm going to turn this over right to Mr. Paul McGuire. Paul, thanks for being on tonight. Hey, Doug and Joe, it's great to be on, and uh, uh, Mike, of course, is, is with us, and um, uh, it's a privilege to be on. You know, I'm very um, um, excited, would be, excited is not the right word, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this uh, Hear the Watchman conference coming up on uh, Friday, March 18th, um, and it's going to be a powerful, powerful conference, and there's a lot of incredible speakers but in my mind, it's not just a uh, conference. Um, what I see, hap- I see, actually, I see this as a prophetic event uh, that God has raised up. So it's not just another conference. This is a, a prophetic event that God has raised up, 
and he's raised up some unique speakers that the Lord has given uh, unique messages to, uh, both you uh, and Joe. Uh, Doug and Joe Hagman will be there, uh, and a lot of other phenomenal people. You were mentioning Russ Dizdar. He'll be there, and John Wells, and a whole bunch of people. And they have a message from the Lord. And I believe that as God's people gather uh, in Dallas, Texas, March 18th to 20th, that not only will they receive uh, powerful teaching, but teaching that is right from the throne room of God, that God has a message to speak to his remnant church through this Hear the Watchman uh, conference, and that the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is going to be released in the lives of, of those people that attend. So to me, this is a very prophetic conference, and it comes at a very prophetic time, because... Uh, what's happening in our nation now, whether it's the uh, political confusion or the potential of economic crisis or the prospects of, of World War III and the, uh, the devastating nature of the trade treaties, and then what's happening to the so-called Christian church or the so-called evangelical church, which has been, been infiltrated uh, and, and Trojan horses have gone into the evangelical church and have undermined it. And a lot of people, huge numbers of people that I meet all over the country, uh, uh, are no longer going to their formerly old church. In fact, they've been forced out, and they've been forced out um, methodically and strategically because they started asking questions like, you know, why don't you preach sermons that, that are connected with reality? Why don't you speak out about this issue or that issue? And because they dared to uh, question the theology of oblivion and, and nothingness, they were um, forced out. And I meet a lot of people who are hurt and in pain simply because they began to ask their pastor why he wouldn't connect the Bible if he, if he in fact was teaching the Bible to reality so uh, the Hear the Watchman conference among many other things is, is going to address this um, but before I, I continue any further um, I, I want to give uh, Mike an opportunity to, to share a little bit about how this uh, conference came to be because I think when you hear from Mike himself uh, what the Lord did in and through him, uh, you'll realize that this is not just a conference, but that God is really doing something powerful and significant. So, Mike, we talked earlier. Uh, maybe you, if you don't mind, if you could just share with the Hagman audience uh, what happened, how God spoke to you, and uh, some of the things that let people know how God kind of engineered this entire thing. Well, absolutely, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And Doug, Joe, God bless you guys. Thank you so much, you know, for, for giving Paul and I the opportunity to spend a couple of hours here tonight with the Hagman family. Uh, you know, there's so much going on in the world and, and it's, it's such an important time for all of us to, to unite and, and just be with Jesus. And, and we're just grateful that we have you. Uh, to help us and give us a voice so that we can talk to the remnant family out there and, and to, to really reach out and touch the people. So, uh, thank you, Doug and Joe, and, and, and thank you, Paul, for, for joining up with us. And I'll, I'll tell you folks, you know, I, I hear all the time people, people ask me, how did Hear the Watchman come to be? And, and what happened? 
uh, why did you do it? And why did you, you and your wife, Jeannie, how, how did you guys, how did this all come about? And, you know, I, I'm telling you, the credit goes to the Lord, uh, who worked through a wonderful man, uh, by the name of Paul McGuire. Uh, Jeannie and I are fortunate enough, uh, at least for the time being, <laughs> until we bug out of here to move to our house in Idaho. Uh, but we live in California, uh, and we're about uh, an hour and a half away from where Paul has his Paradise Mountain Church. And we, we went up uh, one evening uh, during the summer to one of his meetings, uh, and, uh, you know, I was, it was one of these nights we battled traffic to get there. It's a long way uh, during traffic hours. Um, but we got there, and we went into this beautiful room that he had, he had rented and, and sat down, and, and uh, Paul got started. And, and you know, I, I sat there and listened to Paul, and I had heard him before, and I had actually been to one of his prayer meetings before. But on this particular night, uh, chills ran up and down my spine when I listened to him. Um, I watched everything that he did, um, and, you know, I am, uh, when you want the warm and fuzzy, nice part of Hear the Watchman, uh, put your arms around my wife, Jeannie. Uh, I'm kind of the, you know, the the rough sort of uh, uh, piece of stone in the whole thing, and I'm kind of a, let's get this done and get out of my way. Uh, but that particular night, I was I was particularly touched, and and at the end of the service, Paul uh, was he had gotten up and he was coming out and praying over people individually, and I have to tell you, it was uh, my wife and I was just going to sit there. I wasn't going to get up because I'm just kind of you know I don't know I'm just kind of shy in that sort of way, and uh, my wife Jeannie and our friend Joni from American Survival Wholesale kept bugging me and telling me to get up out of my seat and go over and see Paul. And, you know, these are two women of God. I mean, you know, Joni at American Survival Wholesale, you just she's like a dynamo. And my wife, man, when she gets on one, you, you just got to do what they say, you know. And so I got up, and I went over to the aisle, and uh, Paul came up, and he uh, laid hands over me, and he began to pray. And uh, I don't know what happened. I'm telling you, I felt something. But what he said to me is amazing. He said, uh, Brother, the Lord is going to provide you with wisdom. He is going to use your creativity to do something of great service for him in his times. And, I mean, I had shows, and I, I, I sat down, and, and I was just like, wow, you know. That is amazing. And, uh, you know, that truly was when Hear the Watchman took off. That is when all of the pieces came together. That is when God stepped into me and, and cleaned house for me and said, this is what you're going to do and <clears throat> this is how it's gonna, how it's gonna get done. And, you know, I, I, Jeannie uh, and I and, and all those that I think are, are, are a part of, of Hear the Washington. I mean, I, I truly believe that the Lord has given us a message for the remnant to deliver at the conference. And the, the, the Lord's given that message to every one of us involved in all the speakers. You know, I believe that God's going to move powerfully at this conference, more powerfully than you have ever witnessed. I, you know, I believe that all those who cannot come should really try and take advantage of the live streaming because, you know, it, we need to bring the entire family together. 
That's what we need to do for the Lord right now. God's people perish for lack of vision and knowledge. And for a very small price, you can you don't have to go to Dallas. You can sign up and you can hear all of these men of God and you can hear Sheila, all the participants. You can hear them get together and and speak the words of the Lord. All you have to do is go to our website uh, and click on where it says order live stream. It's only twenty nine dollars. You get the live stream and you get seven days of viewing after that. And I'm telling you people, I you all ask me, you email me, Mike, what can we do? What can we do to get involved? How can we help you to serve Jesus? How can we serve Jesus? What you can do is put make this go viral. Put this out there. Get it to everybody so everyone can attend this event, whether physically or whether live streaming you need to be there. And the reason is this is truly a historical event. And why is this a historical event? Because it's the first time that I know of that speakers with many different views of the Bible, spiritual, supernatural, and current events, are all gathering together on one stage to praise Jesus and to share their views and insights with all of you. This is critical because in these times it's like it's so incredibly important that we all unite as these speakers are uniting for the love of Jesus the differences that we have in our beliefs matter not it's all about worshiping him asking for forgiveness and getting saved and then serving him you know folks Michael Boldea one of the speakers is incredible uh, the man, he's uh, Dimitri Dudeman's grandson. He translated for Dimitri uh, for, I think, nine years. Amazing guy. And, you know, he said it best. He, on his blog, said, People often ask me to pick sides in the debates of Christianity. And he said, Well, it's simple. I don't choose sides. I choose Jesus. So what I'm saying to you tonight, folks, please, it's the time to get up off your couch for Jesus. So it's time to uh, it's time to make a call to all of you. Jesus is calling people, normal, ordinary people like Jeannie and myself to join these incredibly extraordinary leaders and men of God who will be at here the watchman. And let's just get out there and show. Let's show Jesus that with His help, ordinary people like you and I can do extraordinary things in the name of the Lord. Because really, you know, all it takes for evil to triumph, and we've all heard this statement, but I'm going to repeat it again, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. So I, I, I beg you folks, you know, we, we live in a time right now where, where we need to join hands. We need to put aside our differences and get together for the love of Jesus for no other reason. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, Pentecostal, or if you're once saved, always saved. It doesn't matter. Jesus wants us to gather as a family, and here the watchman is his feast for all of you. And again, if you can't get there, now if you want to get there still, we have a few tickets left. You can use uh, the promotional code HAGMAN and save yourself $50. Um, and But if you can't do that, do the live stream. Whatever you have to do, be a part of this. Be there to support Doug and Joe. I mean, they're your family. I mean, Doug just poured his heart out about 
uh, his new book, Stand by the Blood, and, and we're just we're incredibly grateful that he's going to be uh, in Dallas and, and joining us and launching his book there. And we're going to do everything we can. And I'll tell you something that you're not going to want to miss. In that live stream extended uh, portion of viewing of Hear the Watchmen, uh, we are going to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with Doug Hagman about his book, what drove him to do this book. He's going to have time to sit down there. He's going to pour his heart out and tell you what this book really means. And if you subscribe, then you can hear that exclusive interview. You can't hear it anywhere else but on Hear the Watchmen. And so, folks, please, you know, I pray that each of one of you uh, out there, that you all join Paul and Doug and Joe and I and Michael Bolday and Pastor David Langford, uh, Russ Dizdar, Sheila Zelinsky, uh, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, uh, Flip Benham, John Robertson, L.A. Marzulli, John B. Wells and his crew, you know, come on out. You know, we've, we've got a wonderful, we've got a wonderful thing lined up for you. Uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to move us in Dallas. Uh, and I'm just, I'm so blessed and honored to be uh, a part of this. And I thank all of you out there. I thank, you know, all of my the speakers at Fear the Watchman for allowing me the opportunity uh, to just be a small, little, teeny portion of what's turning into a extraordinary movement. Amen. So, uh, with that, Paul, I'm going to turn it back over to you, and we'll we'll banter back and forth for the next uh, hour or so. Amen. Um, one thing I want to share, and that is, uh, people need to, uh, um, if they can't physically attend, and there's still um, uh, time to physically attend, but they need to register now. But if they can't physically attend, they absolutely must sign up for the live streaming. And it's a, a, a very reasonable price because they get the entire conference. They can participate on the entire conference with live streaming. Plus, um, if they order through Hagman and Hagman, whenever they hear this show, whether they hear it tonight or whether they hear it a couple of nights from now, if they sign up for live streaming on Hagman and Hagman, um, and they're interested in getting a copy of my new book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, uh, an email will be sent to them after they uh, sign up for the live streaming, uh, and they get a 20% uh, discount off the brand-new book, uh, Pre-Order, A Prophecy of the Future of America. So they get a 20% discount, um, and it will be sent to them. Now, one thing I want to uh, share is um, going back to the conference. You know, I speak at a lot of conferences. I just spoke in Florida recently. And I praise God for what he did there. But I speak at a lot of conferences. But why I am really excited about Hear the Watchmen is that, in my opinion, it's not just a conference. I really believe, and this is the most important thing, you know, you can have a lot of great speakers, uh, you can be in a great hotel and all the rest of that. But the most important thing is, uh, are the heavens going to open up? And is the power of God going to come down and move among the people? And is God going to show up in the conference? Is the Holy Spirit going to speak powerfully to all the people who attend or all the people who watch via live streaming? And I know in my heart that the power of God is going to move through Hero the Watchman in an unprecedented way. So those people that attend, 
they're going to be immersed in the power of God and prophetic teaching, uh, the worship, the restoration, and the revival. And then for those people who may not be able to physically attend, if they'll simply obey the Lord. And I'm serious about that. When I say obey the Lord, I mean get off their posterior, uh, go to the Hear the Watchman uh, website, or go to the Hagman and Hagman website, or my website, or hearthewatchman.com. And if they'll click to register, it's only like $29 to, to, to get the whole uh, conference via live streaming. Look, let, let's be honest, 29 bucks. Um, that is, uh, in today's uh, market, that's about the size, uh, that's about the price of two extra large pizzas and maybe a six-pack of uh, Pepsi or Coke or whatever your favorite soft drink is. So, you know, people can certainly uh, pass up on two extra large pizzas and a six-pack of soda and uh, participate in the entire uh, live streaming and not they don't have to watch it in real time I mean hopefully they will but they have I believe uh, uh, seven days or something to watch the thing and if, if that price of around twenty nine dollars is is too high for them well they could split it with a friend and, and uh, this is what the Lord really laid on my heart and I, I'm deadly serious about this they could split the cost with a friend or they can pay for it but what they should do is they should invite friends and family or other believers over or show it in their church and invite people over or show it in their Bible study or prayer group and somebody pays for the live streaming and invite people over for coffee or donuts or whatever and, and allow God to minister to the people. Um, you know, open your home up and let them and let them watch this, participate and hear the watchman through live streaming. And I really believe that if, if people are honest before the Lord, and I really believe that if people are listening to the Holy Spirit right now, I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit is convicting people all over the Hagman audience at this moment. I know for a fact the Holy Spirit is convicting people, and He's telling them, "Look, I want you to uh, go to the website." sign up for the live streaming of the Hero of the Watchman conference. It, I mean, they're, they're losing money by offering it to you at that price. Um, and if people will obey what the Lord is doing, not only will they be blessed, but if they will call some friends to come over and watch it with them, lives can be transformed. So I believe this is an historic event prophetically. I believe God's going to show up with power. I believe that the, act, the, the speakers that have been chosen are not just your typical speakers. I believe the speakers have a powerful message from God. And most importantly, we're at perhaps, as, as Doug was just sharing about 40 minutes ago, we are in one of the most critical times in our nation's history. And Doug was talking about something, and it had all my ears. He was talking about his, his new book, but he was also talking about the reality that there we are in, a, as the Apostle Paul said, we're in a fight against principalities and powers and the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And the reality is, is that we are, as believers in Christ, in a spiritual battle with demonic powers and demonic forces of wickedness in the invisible realm that are doing very, very horrible things. And we need to confront those demonic powers with spiritual weapons and the power of the Holy Spirit. This conference will equip people to do that. Plus, it will 
heal people, it will restore people, and it will give people hope, and it will ignite the fires of revival. But people are not going to be, they're not going to be hit with the fires of revival, they're not going to be ministered to if they're not watching it. So, again, um, I'm not getting any money for saying this. I know, I'm going I'm to take a risk here, okay, Mike and his wife, Jeannie, I mean, put up their own money for this conference, okay? Um, and, and, and I don't normally say this about anybody, and I didn't even ask his permission, so I'm going to be delicate about what I'm saying, but I feel I need to say it. And then I'll ask Mike for forgiveness later if I stepped out of bounds. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? We were having this uh, 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 Paradise Mountain Church prophecy and prayer meeting, which we have on a regular basis. And by the way, Whenever I ask uh, how people found out about the meeting, uh, and we've been holding it at the Garland Hotel in uh, Southern California, I always have a huge percentage of the people raise their hands, and they said, I heard about it through Hagman and Hagman, okay? A lot, a percentage of the people came because they're Hagman and Hagman listeners, and sometimes they fly in from another state to, to, to participate in the meeting. Sometimes they drive six hours. I have people drive 24 hours from another state, and I have people drive three hours or one hour. And they come because they first heard about it on Hagman and Hagman. And the reason I'm saying that is that the Hagman and Hagman listeners need to know that these two guys, Doug and Joe Hagman, the Lord is using them. They're modest. They don't brag. But the Lord is using them. Um, in, in a very powerful way, and I want to say, you know, you need to pray for Doug and Joe Hagman and their families, and you need to support them by supporting their advertisers. They don't brag, they don't ask for anything, but I am telling you, not only when Mike showed up for prayer, uh, I was in Florida uh, a couple of days ago, and I had mentioned the conference on your program, uh, Hagman and Hagman, I ran into all kinds of people in the hallway uh, who, who lived a block away from where the conference was, or they drove six hours in Florida because they were Hagman and Hagman listeners. And I could repeat that story over and over and over and over again. So God is using the Hagman and Hagman report in many, many ways. So all these people came, and they're Hagman and Hagman listeners, and I've learned something because, you know, I observe. I always ask where people hear about the... Uh, the the um, Paradise Mountain uh, church meetings. I, I ask, how did they hear about it? And they'll say they heard it from this media or that media or whatever. But I've noticed that the Hagman and Hagman listeners are all age groups. They're young, they're middle-aged, they're older, they're all racial demographic groups, and they all have a passion for God. So we always pray uh, for Doug and Joe Hagman and the Hagman, Hagman Report because we have a time of fasting, repentance, and intercession, and prayer for America. That's one of the, the central parts of the meeting. So after we had uh, been praying for America and repenting as intercessors for our own sins and the sins of America, the power of God came down upon that meeting in a very unusual way. And I don't uh, always uh, um, pray for people individually. I used to do that a lot. I don't do it all that much anymore because I I, I try to go out of my way n not to be sensationalistic, and um, I, I don't want to make the focus on me. 
so I'm I, I'm somewhat reluctant to lay hands on people and pray. But for that night, night after we did the intercessory prayer, when Mike and his wife were there and the uh, people from American Survival Wholesale, I felt led to pray for the people. And when I prayed for uh, Mike, there there was a very strong anointing on, on me with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I was uh, delighted to hear that the Lord used that meeting to to give them a supernatural uh, uh, directives, supernatural instructions to to uh, uh, produce this Hear the Watchman conference. And I want people to know that because this thing wasn't born out of anybody's human intellect. It was born. The Holy Spirit was moving in power that night, and the Holy Spirit gave Mike and his wife a vision for the Hear the Watchman conference. And the Hagman and Hagman team. Doug and Joe and their show are an instru- instrumental part of it. So having said that, and I know I'm being long-winded, I know in the Holy Spirit, as a man of God, I know that may sound presumptuous, and forgive me if it does, but I know from walking with the Lord for over 40 years, I know that the power of God is going to move with tremendous force, tremendous deliverance, tremendous healing, tremendous prophecy, and restoration and revival and worship and uh, supernaturally equip all those who come and attend to hear the Watchman Conference. God is going to move powerfully in Dallas, Texas. We're going to see a divine interruption. This is not people who are used to going to church. <laughs> this is not going to be church. This is going to be more like uh, the Book of Acts when power from on high came down upon the uh, original believers and they were supernaturally enabled to do what God called them to do. And God is going to give a unique message uh, through all of the speakers and God's going to move powerfully. Now, that is going to set revival on fire. That's going to help ignite revival in America for the 800 or 1,000 people or whatever who actually attend the conference physically. But this is what the Lord put on my heart this morning or last night when I was talking to Mike. And Mike Mike didn't ask me to do this. Uh, I, I was talking to his wife, Jeannie, about the conference, and the Lord gave me a burden about the conference. And I felt uh, deep in my heart by the Holy Spirit uh, the Lord convicted me, and He gave, he, he just He solidified a message in my heart. And this is, and, and I didn't, He didn't speak to me in an audible voice, but He spoke to me through that deep inner knowing. And the Lord said to me, "Get on Hagman and Hagman with Mike, and tell the people that He wants them to sign up for the live streaming." and that it is essential that they sign up for the live streaming because God wants to impart in every person who watches the Hear the Watchman conference, God wants to impart healing, restoration, revival, and explode the truth of his word through powerful teaching and a very, very important prophetic message for this hour. But people who are sitting on their posteriors uh, watching the you know uh, uh, Desperate Housewives reruns or whatever, they're going to miss out on it. And and I want to confront you as your brother in the Lord in love. And again, I'm not making any money on this. Twenty nine dollars or twenty nine ninety five, whatever it is, it's around twenty nine dollars, is nothing to 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 be able to attend through live streaming an entire conference 
where God is going to move powerfully. That's nothing. That's a small investment, and if you can't afford $29, then split the cost with a friend and have the friend come over to your house. Because, again, that's the, that's the price of two extra-large pizzas and a six-pack of so, a soda. Let's get real, and you'll change. But then what the Lord said to me, challenge the people. Challenge the people to not only uh, get on hearthewatchman.com and uh, register for the live streaming, but challenge them to invite their friends, fellow church members, and people that God puts in their heart challenge them to invite people over to their house for coffee or dessert or popcorn or whatever and and open your home or, or open your church up or your prayer group up or whatever place you're going to turn on the TV open it up to others who would never even think about this expose them to the revival that they're going to see and God will bless you if you do that not everybody can be a Russ Dizdar or uh, <clears throat> Pastor Billy Gr- uh, Crone, or L.A. Marzulli, or uh, Sheila, or, you know, I, I know I'm leaving people out, Greg Jackson, there's so many others, you know, uh, Pastor David Langford, and Coach uh, Dobbin Meyer. Not everybody can be that, but but they can watch the program, and the power of God will feed them, and they'll be healed and delivered, and guess what? If thousands and thousands of people do that across all across the nation, then they will be infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, just like when the church met on the day of Pentecost, they were of one mind, of one accord, and God moved with power. God's going to move with power in this conference. And then fires of revival will break out all across the United States of America and all across the world, if people will simply take a simple little act of obedience, and God is not asking for much. And again, as your brother in Christ, I'm confronting you in love. $29 is nothing. It's absolutely nothing to be able to live stream this conference. And if $29 is too much to you, um, then get a friend or two to split it. And, you know, then it's $5 or whatever, okay? So money should not be an excuse to anybody. If you partner with some other people to sign up, you know, it can cost you practically nothing. But if you'll take that step of obedience, and then if you'll allow the Lord to stretch your heart, and you'll actually make uh, an invitation to some people who, who need to hear the message of this conference, God's going to bless you. And guess what? Together, collectively, we have... Um, um, set the the stage for revival to be ignited all across this nation. And you might see people being saved in your household. Think about it for a moment. As the power of God comes down through this conference, and it's going to, as the Holy Spirit begins to minister with power as people watch this conference, and it is going to, there will be people sitting in their homes, people sitting in your living room or your house, if you bother to invite them to come over. You're going to sit there eating popcorn, drinking coffee, having soda. You're going to be sitting there, and if you have a big screen or a 25-inch TV or whatever, while you're sitting there, I'm giving you a prophetic word from the Lord right now. This is a word of prophecy. This is a prophetic word. And the Lord is saying, uh, this to those people who are wavering back and forth on whether or not they're going to obey the Lord. And I want to give you what I believe is a prophetic word from the Lord. The Lord is saying to you, you who are considering 
signing up for live streaming. The Lord is saying, if you will obey me and sign up for the live streaming, and by the way, <clears throat> they'll also get a coupon via email where they can get a discount off my brand new book. We're just doing that to help them. Um, and I'm not trying to sell a book because you don't have to, to get the book. Um, so this is not about selling the book. If you'll simply sign up for the live streaming and obey the Lord, because the Lord's dealing with people right now, <clears throat> if you do it today or every day uh, that they hear this Hagman show, it's a Hagman special because the Hagmans are an essential part of this teamwork. If you'll obey the Lord and go onto your Internet and register for live streaming now, this is what the Lord is promising to do through you, okay? You'll be sitting there watching the Hearman, uh, Hear the Watchman conference on TV, and you'll have people in your room that you prayed about and you invited to come into your house, and you're going to sit there and you're going to see a miracle. As the Lord's telling me to tell you this, you're going to see people with tears welling up in their eyes as they are touched by the love of God that they see at the Hear the Watchman conference. You're going to peek over and you're going to see their eyes watery and filled with tears, and some are going to, tears are going to be running down their cheeks as the ministry of the Holy Spirit flows through that television screen and touches them. There will be some people, you're going to look at grown men, some of them, and they'll be hiding it because men hide their emotions. And you're going to look in the corner of your eye and you're going to see grown men tremble. Their body will shake and they will try to suppress it. But the Spirit of God is going to minister to them so tenderly and deliver them of so much bondage that their bodies are going to tremble and shake. And, and some of these men, some of these big, tough men, are going to break down and sob in your living room or at the very least cry. You're going to see women with tears. You're going to hear people take these deep sighs of relief. And then some people will actually pray a prayer of salvation. And then many times they're going to ask you, or you're going to feel led to, as they're being ministered to powerfully watching the Hear the Watchman conference through live streaming. You're just going to be feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to put your arm around them and, and just hug them and pray for them. And the Lord is saying, this is a prophetic word of the Lord, and the Lord is giving you a choice. The Lord is saying, you can hear my word, or you can disregard my word. But the Lord's promise to you is this. If you will pray, and if you will sign up for the live streaming now, the Lord says, and if you'll pray about the people, uh, he'll put people on your mind, if you ask him to, if you'll take the first step of obedience, which is to sign up for the live streaming, which is... They're losing money by doing it at that price. If you'll take the first step of obedience and sign up for the live streaming, and then if you'll pray afterwards, the Lord will bring people into your mind about who you should call. And it's just like planting seeds. You'll call a bunch of people. Some will show up, some may not, and others will show up that you didn't expect to show up. You might even have a crowd in your living room. The Lord will, the, if you'll take the step of obedience of signing up for live streaming, the Lord will put people on your heart about who you're to call. And make sure you serve them some soda or dessert or popcorn or something so it's like kind of a fun coffee or it's a fun experience. And when you sit there in the living room and you sit with them and you watch together the live streaming of Hear the Watchman, you're going to see the power of God move and transform people. And your heart is going to be filled with supernatural joy because you're going to know it was your obedience to the Lord, 
who's speaking to you now. It was your obedience that made it possible for for them to get ministered to. And you're going to see them get ministered to in your home. And some of them are going to come to Christ. Some of them are going to return to Christ. Some of them are going to be delivered of all kinds of bondages. Some of them are going to be hard-hearted Christians who who put up a poker face, and they're going to sob and tremble, because I'm telling you, God's going to show up in this conference, and the power of God is going to come down and move through this conference. Some of you, you haven't found a church where the Spirit of God sh- showed up in years. You go to dead churches, and you're starving for the move of God. It may be you that's crying and trembling and, and sobbing with joy as the Lord touches you. Because the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible says that the, that the rivers of living water flow from under the throne room of God. This conference is going to be having a direct pipeline right into the throne room of God, and the rivers of living water are going to flow from that conference through the live streaming, through the hotel, and they're going to minister the life of Jesus to people in a way they've never experienced it. And if you'll obey the Lord, as he's asking you now to obey him, you'll share in the reward, because God rewards his people when they step out in faith and help minister to people. So that's a prophetic word. That's a prophetic word from the Lord to you. If you're thinking about, gee, should I do it or not, I just gave you a word of prophecy. You can discern the spirits. I have no financial motivation in saying it. I'm saying it out of a pure heart. And uh, nobody asked me to say it that way. Mike didn't certainly didn't ask me to say it. But if you'll obey the Lord, this is a prophetic word to you. If you'll obey the Lord, you'll take part in the harvest, and God will bless you, and you'll experience the joy. Isn't, isn't it phenomenal when we step out on faith? I can't tell you how many times I've resisted the Lord. In fact, most times when God asks me to do something, I resist them because I have some dumb excuse. But when I actually do obey the Lord and I step out on faith and I make a call and I invite somebody to my house to, to be exposed to the ministry of the Lord or I, I share something with them or whatever, and then I see God move, man, I'm filled with joy. I'm healed. I'm excited. I get blessed. And so God is promising a powerful blessing and a powerful anointing on every person in every home if you're willing to sign up for the live streaming and then you'll obey God by contacting those people um, that that he wants in your house. And you know what? Jesus used the fishes and the loaves. You could use a little cake, dessert, ice cream, coffee, tea, soda, whatever. Enough said. Obey the Lord. That's all, man. Obey the Lord. You you know what, Paul? Mike, if I can just interject something here, because we we get a lot of emails and 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 saying, well, why are you, you know, for example, why do you push uh, live streaming? I and it was while Paul was talking, and and based on considerations earlier today, I believe what 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 Paul McGuire is saying, and what what you're saying as well. What we're talking about here, this is not a matter of earthly convenience, this live streaming. But rather, to me, this is a divine mandate of fellowship because we get so many people emailing us Christians saying, well, wait a minute, you know, with all of these problems out there and people aren't listening, now, I, I, and I really, again, divine mandate comes to mind, not just to, not just to watch it, 
but to ask others to come and, and sit in their living rooms, like you said, Paul, sit together and minister to, with one another, because that acts as a force multiplier for our faith and those who are in our in. in. So it's so important. No, I mean, yes, convenient it is. But it's a mandate, I believe, because we need that force multiplier in order to start the brush fires of revival that you talk about, Paul. And this is the best way to do it. And thanks for letting me say that. Go ahead, Mike. Can I, can, wait, can I just say one thing? Sorry for interrupting, sure. but I felt I'm just picking off what you just said, Doug, and it's really important. There have been a number of times in my life when people have come over to my house or the Lord put somebody on my heart and... Uh, um, I didn't listen to the Lord. Okay, this is a confession. God had somebody over to our house, and and from the exterior, my wife and I were there, and uh, this girl's mother was there, and this girl was attractive and looked like she had her act totally together. She had a big smile on her face, and my wife and I were talking to her, and her mother brought her to our house in, in her prayer that somehow in the conversation we would influence her uh, for the Lord, okay, and I'm going to confess before all of your listeners. I I don't think I was listening to the Lord. In fact, I know I wasn't listening to the Lord because I was so busy having a trivial conversation with her and making small talk that I didn't I didn't listen to the Lord. And I think the Lord was speaking to me about her that I needed to 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 open the door in the conversation to get into the area of really ministering Jesus Christ to her, okay, but I backed off. Now I'll tell you what happened. About three weeks after she visited our house, and there would have been no clue that this would have happened, she committed suicide. Okay, she committed suicide. And I feel responsible for that, because I was didn't obey the Lord. I didn't listen to the Lord, okay? And God put this girl in our house, and I failed, man. I just didn't listen to the Lord. Now, I wish I could say that was the only time, but there's been other times when God has put somebody in my path, where God has put somebody on my heart, and every person listening to me talk knows what that's like. God will put some face or some person you know on your heart, and he'll do it a whole bunch of times, and we get too busy, or we make excuses, and, you know, we, we, we just we just shine the Lord on, you know, and we don't do anything about it. God says, like, call that person or take that person to lunch or at least call them or something or write them a letter, and we don't do anything. And this has happened a bunch of times in my life where God told me to do something, and, and he, he says it through his still small voice, and because I didn't do anything but make small talk, I've had people commit suicide, I found out later that so-and-so divorced or somebody had a drug overdose or somebody was going through a horrible crisis and almost died. And I'm going to tell you something. In every one of those cases, there was a common denominator. And the common denominator is the Lord uh, was talking to Paul McGuire repeatedly in that still small voice, and Paul McGuire did not listen to the Lord because I was either afraid of rejection, or I was preoccupied, or I thought, gee, they'll think I'm pushy. I always had an excuse. But I am telling you, I know in my heart that that I failed God. And uh, as a result, some bad things or negative things happened to a lot of people because I 
didn't obey the Lord when he spoke to me. <clears throat> now, I can't undo what I did, okay? And I know God's forgiven me, but I, but I can't undo what I did. But I know that as I'm sharing my story right now, the power of the Holy Spirit is convicting lots of people in your audience because they're just like me. We're all human. And as I shared uh, that exhortation for you to sign up for live streaming and then invite people to your house, I know that I know that I know in the Spirit of God that the Lord put people they put pe the Lord put people's faces in your mind, couples in your mind, singles in your mind, names in your mind. The Lord brought people to your mind, and I just and this is not a matter of condemnation or manipulation because I'm worse than those of you that are listening. This is not about manipulating you out of guilt. What I'm saying is, if you'll obey the Lord and sign up for the live streaming, and again, I'm not making any money doing this. Um, and then you uh, call and invite the people over um, that God puts in your heart. I I'm not saying this because of the bad things. I'm saying you, the Lord wants to bless you and allow you to share in the joy of helping set people free, helping people to get to know Jesus. So um, it's all a good thing. It's all a blessing thing. I'm not talking about the negative. I'm just sharing my failings with you, to you as a as your brother in Christ. So the Lord wants to reward you. The Lord wants to bless you, man. What an opportunity! So I encourage you to do it. And um, you know, you'll get a coupon in the in the email. You can get a discount off my new book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. But I just threw that in to help them. I you don't need to buy my book because that's not why I'm doing it. If you don't want to buy the book at a discount, don't do it. That's just a, a, a little add-on that if you were going to do it, you know, it's an encouragement for you to sign up for the live streaming. But God forbid, I'm not interested in selling a book. I'm interested in you uh, do the live streaming. So I feel such an expectancy from the Lord. And I know people, I just want to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray right now for every single person listening, God. And first of all, Lord, we pray that uh, you would clear up any issue. If any person mistakenly thinks they're being manipulated, they're not, because we don't have anything to gain from what we're saying except souls being saved. And I can know for a fact, and Mike wouldn't say it publicly, but I know for a fact that he and his wife have sacrificed a ton of their own personal money. They're not making money on this. They've sacrificed a ton of their own money to make this happen. So this, what we're saying is pure. There's no manipulation in it. And so, Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, you would come upon people, give them the boldness to uh, sign up for the live streaming. And, Father, give people the boldness and the joy and the freedom in their spirit. Bring the people and the faces and names of those you want uh, to, to have them invite to, into their house to watch it with you. And let it be a blessed thing, God. We pray that you would do it with your spirit, Father. And if people are nervous, help them make the right decision. And if people are reluctant, give them strength and boldness, Father, because this is a joyous thing, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for doing it. Amen and amen. Amen. And we have uh, just about two minutes left in this hour. Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you and just want to remind people that um, you know my dad just mentioned as you look at the 
front page of Drudge, and it shows the U.S. handing over the, doing the last steps of handing the internet control over to an international body, and the the uncertainty of the times. I mean, we don't know how many times we'll have left to get together and to have mm-hmm. fellowship and, and conferences like this, and or the ability uh, for the internet to be up and running to have the live stream. Yeah, so take advantage of it. Exactly. Imagine not being able to have, and everyone takes, takes this for granted that it's going to be fine, that we're going to, a year from now, we're still going to be able to, to live stream whatever, but I don't, I, look, I don't know, we don't know how long we've got, so take advantage of it right now. And I, and again, the, the, the phrase divine mandate for fellowship, because what power there is when we can minister and we can fellowship with with each other in our in, in our own homes, and but but take advantage of it, uh, Paul. I mean, you really you really nicely, uh, exquisitely explained that, and and I think that we it's our it's our responsibility as Christians, the very people who send us emails, who are Christians, saying we need to do something, but I don't want to do that. Well, why not? Oh, boy, you know, <laughs> this would be a great way to, to to invite other people's other people's. You know, there you go, other people in, into your homes, into your lives, and and make and and help. Well, we, you can change our lives, and you're absolutely right. And how, how often, Paul, when you're saying about about the, the suicide and the, or the divorce, how often have we missed opportunities? And you know, when we get to a review of our lives, how many times are we going to be reminded of the lost opportunities? Oh, man, I can't think of, I mean, to me, looking back, and I'm, I look back too, and I think, boy, of all the times I've missed opportunities to minister to others, or to fellowship, I shouldn't say minister, but to fellowship with others, that scares me. I mean, it hurts me, and I, and, yeah. You did a good job. We're going uh, to the break right now, folks. We'll be right back with Paul McGuire and Mike Kerr right on the other side of this short break. Stay with us for our third and final hour on this Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Thursday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined by Paul McGuire, his website, paulmcguire.us, as well as you can search Paul McGuire on YouTube. Um, you know, between his site and the YouTube, he puts out some of the best content, uh, you know, analyzing the current world of geopolitics and, uh, the spiritual side as well. Uh, and as we're jo- joined also by Mike Kerf, one of the, uh, organizers of hearthewatchman.com. Uh, com. That's the site where you can go find the schedule, sign up for the live streaming, find out the information, as well as get the, uh, with the promo code Hagman, you can get the $50 off 
ticket prices that are still ongoing uh, you, for those who exactly. are, are latecomers. And you can go to that's right, com and, and click on the link and right to hear the Watchman. Before turning it over to, to to our guests, I just want to mention, I just want to thank everyone. First of all, thank you for for uh, tuning in tonight, and thank you for being part of our extended family. Thank you for believing in us, and thank you for your trust in us. I really want to say that, and I, I also want to say one more thing, and and then I'm going to be quiet. Um, what everyone knows, everyone feels, everyone senses the lateness of the hour. Paul McGuire has done a wonderful job in articulating through his books and his upcoming book exactly what the plan has been all along, what the present is right now, and potentially what the future holds for us. But one of the things that he does, he does very well, and artistically, I mean, unbelievably artistically is is inspire the christian audience the christian community and this is a message tonight of inspiration please understand that because you see uh, we we, we've been told to occupy we've been instructed i should say to occupy in, in until such time as we no longer need to do that well Occupation is not a passive activity. You can sit at home, for example, and uh, you could say, "Well, you know, I'll, sure, I'll watch. I'll watch the live streaming, or, or but, but that's fine." But, but here's, in, in my view, here's the the real thing. If you, if you, in your heart, if you are a Christian listening to this tonight, and you believe time is that short, then I would get everyone that you know, and. Uh, gather everyone, you know what, everyone that you care about. How's that? Uh, because if you care about them, truly care about them, uh, you, you will, you will embrace them and say, please come, you know, watch this with me because you'll get a sense of not just how late it is, but what we can do. Because I know what, I know what some of these speakers are going to be talking about. What we can do and what we need to do in, as Christians ourselves, so our, our our children and their children will not ask, gee, I wonder what grandpa or I wonder what dad or I wonder what great grandpa did during the persecution of the Christians of 2016 and beyond. Well, there's your answer. And I just believe, again, divine mandate, fellowship, so important. And, uh, I'm just so proud to be a part of something that is proactive, proactive in a Christian fashion. Paul, I'll turn it over to you, sir. Well, Doug and Joe, you know, the Hagman Report, um, the first thing I want to say is that uh, you guys don't uh, uh, heap up a lot of applause uh, for yourselves, and I think one of the reasons people really love you guys is because you're just so real, you know, unpretentious. And uh, God is really using your program uh, to touch a lot of people around the world, and God is using your program uh, to do all kinds of things. And I think the number one reason for that is that both of you gentlemen um, get out of the way uh, and you and you treat your program like it's God's program, and, and you allow him to move through it. And then you choose speakers and topics that I think reflect the, the heart of God. Um, we are at the most critical time in our nation's history. I'm not the only one saying that. A lot of people are saying that. And certainly there's a ton of secular analysts uh, 
who are saying that 2016, 2017 is uh, the most critical time in America's history because the choices we make in 2016 and then to some degree 2017 will lock us into an irreversible course of which there's no turning back. And we're either going to to have uh, some kind of biblical revival, some kind of third great awakening, some kind of... Uh, uh, preservation of freedoms, and that's why it's important that every Christian votes. Uh, we will either preserve our freedoms and preserve our economy, or we will uh, empower uh, an individual in the political arena that will move us into a totalitarian state where we'll lose our freedoms, our economy will crash, and like you said, Doug, you know, let's the the, the internet, the, the whole. Let's talk about that for a half a second. The, the 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 agenda of putting the internet in international control is so that if the United Nations or whatever international body they choose uh, takes over the internet, then they can say, okay, no more Christian preaching because Christian preaching is hate speech, or no no more talking about capitalism because capitalism is hate speech. And then the, uh, uh, our elected representatives in the United States can just wash their hands and say, well, it's, it's out of our control. You know, it, it's the, the international body that's making all the censorship. So, so they get to play the game of, uh, allowing, uh, dictatorial censorship while at the same time saying, uh, well, it's not our responsibility. So it's a strategic move. Uh, for the purpose of censorship by simply moving it out of the hands of uh, U.S. control and putting it into foreign hands. But putting it into foreign hands guarantees censorship, and specifically censorship of anything that's not politically correct and censorship of Christianity. So we need to be very vigilant. Our freedoms are, um, um, you know, they're, they're up for grabs. And we don't know how long we can do live streaming. Uh, we don't know how long we can broadcast on the Internet. So we need to um, um, be faithful and uh, take advantage of it while it's here. Now, um, <clears throat> I want to say one thing, I, and I believe the, the reports that are coming in is that there's a ton of people that are very excited and they're signing up for the uh, live streaming and they uh, have purposed in their heart that they're going to invite uh, their their friends and family members over and that some people plan to pack out their houses and, and invite uh, everybody they know uh, to come watch the conference live streaming in their house and what a great opportunity I mean every church uh, instead of having some uh, uh, sermon that is politically correct why not put up a big screen and uh, subscribe to the live streaming and uh, let invite your church to watch the entire conference and that, that's just a powerful tool or a bible study or a prayer meeting because this is a powerful tool. And if, if people are really faithful, they won't just invite one or two people. They'll pack their houses or living room with people because there's a lot of people starving for the truth, a lot of people starving for the truth. And if you invite all those people over to your house to watch, and you use a little salesmanship, be excited about it. And, again, I'm a big believer in offering dessert, coffee, <laughs> popcorn, soda, whatever it takes. Jesus did it. So invite everybody over and uh, if you're tight on money then charge you know two dollars a piece say you know um, 
I'm tight. I, I lost my job or whatever, you know. But look, help me uh, pay for this two dollars a piece or whatever. And some people will just kick in for the entire amount. So the money, if if, if you're if you're not doing it because of the money thing, well, that's just an excuse. Because the money thing will, if you will step out in faith, the money thing will solve itself. And somebody somebody you know will spring for the cost or at least most of the cost. And Paul, so that's, if I can. that's solvable. Yep. There's a yep. few emails I've read just uh, since the start of the show. Uh, people who have the money who just don't have the electronic means of paying for it. They, you know, they don't have online banking or um, a debit card uh, checking account system that they can order online from. Oh. Um, and, and I would say, you know, to take what you're uh, talking about tonight, if there is other people in your area. And if there's anybody who would be interested, you know, uh, take the money to somebody who has an account and ask them, you know, would they like to be a part of it? And, and you, you'd pay for it because, uh, you know, the people, uh, the two emails I read wasn't about the issue of money. It was the issue of how to actually pay for it without using a electronic means. That's a very good question, and you and you just answered it very well because if somebody doesn't have the electronic means of paying for it, every single person listening knows probably 20 people that have a PayPal account or some other account and all you have to do is write out a check or give your cash to that friend and that friend can make the electronic payment for you so that that is like a you can solve that problem in 60 seconds if you make a phone call because every you may not have it but everybody around you does have some kind of electronic account and you can pay them cash or check and they'd be happy to do it for you especially if you ask them nicely and they'd be happy to do it for you, uh, so you can solve that problem easily. And that shouldn't—that you should not allow that to prevent you, because people don't mind doing that at all. Now, the other thing is, there are some people who say, and they're in the minority, but there are some people who say, well, why aren't they doing this for free? Uh, why is Mike and Jeannie? Why are they charging for the live streaming? And I just want to answer that briefly, okay? Number one is, they didn't ask me to say this, but I will say this, and that is they have gotten into debt personally, financially. They have gotten into a debt, a debt for a huge sum of their own personal money because when I prayed for Mike at the Paradise Mountain Church uh, prayer meeting, he went out and obeyed the Lord, and he took his own money, got into debt uh, to finance the conference. So, I mean, he's, he, he is putting everything he has on the line uh, uh, to pay for the conference out of his own money. So how could anybody who's sane criticize him for charging the most minimal price for live streaming and a very minimal price for the tickets uh, to attend the conference? Um, they can't criticize him because he's he's gone into debt to pay for it, and he's in the hole right now, and he's not he's he's trusting the Lord. Now the thing is, uh, let's let's be grown-ups here. Renting a hotel in Dallas is very very expensive. Renting the television equipment so they can live stream is very expensive. The cameraman, the lights, that's very very expensive. The live streaming technology itself is expensive. So everything, flying in all the speakers and everything else is expensive. So, so um, um, you know, it costs money because renting a hotel room and camera production stuff and everything else 
is expensive. It costs money. So somebody's got to pay for the money. I mean, God's not going to send an angel down and uh, make it miraculously happen. So anybody who says, who complains about the fact that there has to be a charge is being dishonest um, uh, to the Lord and dishonest to themselves. Because uh, what do you want him to do? Go bankrupt to do the conference? Uh, that's not right. And then number two is, let's really be honest, I would guess, and this will make enemies uh, between me and some people, but you know what? I'd rather be Jesus' friend than your enemy. And so I'm going to say it in love, <clears throat> but if you hate me for it, um, I'd rather have Jesus' approval than your approval. And the reality is is that most of the people criticizing uh, the fact that there's a very, very minimal charge for this, <clears throat> you're not be, be being entirely honest because you spend money on things in your life that you don't think a second about. And you'll go out and spend all kinds of money on all kinds of things that exceed this, um, and yet you're complaining that a Christian ministry um, should have the minimal funds to pay for major expenses. It costs money for hotels. It costs money for television. So let's let's kind of like you know grow up and get beyond that. Nobody's getting rich on this. You know, people. It's just amazing to me. I know the Hagmans. I know the a lot, most of the other speakers. <clears throat> I know my own life. I know Mike's life and and his wife's life. I know what they do. I know how hard they work. I know how hard the Hagmans work. I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for me, but for crying out loud, you know, Paul McGuire works, and you'll think I'm lying, but I work 80 hours a week, okay, 80 hours a week. I do the job of about 25 people, okay? A lot of times when we send packages out of our house, you'll notice that they're handwritten. Why? Because my wife and I, or maybe one of our children, are up till three in the morning mailing out packages licking the stamps with our own tongues, forgive the germs, handwriting the packages in pen after a full day's work. And I lift the books, I stock the books physically, I, I'm the, I do everything, I'm the janitor, okay? And a lot of these guys do the same workload as me. So, you know, unless you walk in my shoes and some of the other people's shoes, stop criticizing us, all right? I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm considered a privilege to do what I'm doing. So how about supporting uh, what's going on? And guess what? There are some of you that God's blessed financially. Why don't you write out a larger check to uh, this ministry of the conference so that um, um, they can pay all their bills? And you see, if enough of God's people would write out checks like that, then they wouldn't have to charge anything. Enough said. I just want to encourage people to do this other thing, which just came to my mind during the break. Not only do I want to encourage you to invite people to your house and sign up for live streaming, but I want to challenge those people who are willing to be obedient to the Lord. Now, not everybody wants to be obedient to the Lord, but I want to challenge those people who are willing to be obedient to the Lord to at least send emails promoting the live streaming and encourage your friends and family and people you know in the United States and around the world, encourage them to sign up to this thing. So you, you multiply it. So not only do you invite people to your house, but you encourage friends to sign up and take advantage of it and live stream. Because I, I tell you that everywhere I go, every conference I speak at, when I hold my own church meetings, I get a continual stream of people who tell me that they're dying spiritually, 
that they've left their church because the pastor doesn't preach on anything that's connected to reality. And there's a lot of hungry spiritual people out there. And if you'll kind of like get in motion and use your social media and emails and spread the word about this, then they can sign up and, and, and be blessed by this. Because we're in critical times. <clears throat> right now I'm um, in the process of finishing this book, A Prophecy of, the Amer- of America, 2016-2017. And it's like giving birth to a baby. I agonize it. I stay up at night praying. I ask the Lord to speak through me. I, I cry out to him uh, to give a message in the book. And I, I believe the Lord is giving me a message uh, uh, for Christians about what to do in 2016 and 2017. There's a tremendous message of hope and revival, uh, not fake revival, not fake hope, but there's also a very tough message on how we got into the mess that we're in, and some of it deals with the church. And uh, I, I go into great detail, probably more than anyone's ever done before, uh, of how the church has been infiltrated by change agents over the last hundred years that came out of the Frankfurt School uh, established by cultural Marxists in Germany in the 1930s and how they strategically infiltrated the church and the theology of the church and uh, the church has been undermined by a Trojan horse from within and it has become powerless because it, for the most part, did you know I was doing research today for a prophecy of the future of America 2016-2017. This has been going on for a long time, over 150 years. The great evangelist Dwight Moody said that 85% of the people in his church were not truly saved. Billy Graham said 85% of the people in the churches in America are not truly saved. Another uh, evangelist and, and, and large pastor uh, said that um, <clears throat> 75% of the people in his church were not truly saved and going to heaven. A guy named Dr. Criswell, uh, 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 formerly the, uh, the Baptist pastor of one of the largest churches in the United States, uh, said that something like 69% of, of the people in his church were not truly saved or born again. So we're talking about evangelical, so-called Bible-believing churches. So if, let's say, on average, 75% of the people who attend uh, evangelical, born-again, Bible-believing churches are not truly born again and not truly saved, that's a real clue to why we're having the problems we're having. And then you have to ask yourself the question, well, why aren't they saved? And I would say to you, it's because... Uh, the pastors are afraid of preaching the truth of God's word, such as, you know, uh, unless you're born again, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. They're afraid of preaching uh, the truth of God's word because they're afraid of losing big tithing money. So that's one big problem we have. And then we have been infiltrated uh, by what you know, this sounds conspiratorial, but it, 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 that's not the issue. The issue is that it's true. Beginning in the 1930s, the cultural Marxists of the Frankfurt School have infiltrated the evangelical church, the seminaries. They've been financed by Rockefeller. And what they have done is instead of having uh, a guns and, and bullets, uh, a communist revolution in the streets of America, 
they decided to uh, create what's called a cultural Marxist revolution uh, in America, and the, the church is the cent- central battleground. And political correctness is one of their primary weapons. And they targeted the church, marriage, and the family. And uh, when you look at this fact, which I document in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, you take a guy named Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker it was a business management guru. He was called upon by the major corporations of America to increase their profits and to to implement management theories and techniques. Well, the heads of the seeker-friendly church movement went to Peter Drucker, uh, I believe it was in the late 70s, and they wanted to get his methodology and strategy for church growth. And they began to use Drucker's strategies. And some of them were good, like, you know, don't have... 45 minutes worth of announcements get right to the preaching or the worship. Well, that's, that was good stuff. But when you dig into Peter Drucker's past, you discover he was a cultural Marxist influenced by the Frankfurt School. He was deeply involved in the New Age movement. And so what you have, and I have full documentation about all this, you have the people that have developed the methodologies and the strategies and the marketing principles for the seeker-friendly churches, for the church growth movement in evangelical churches, uh, and, and you know, major denominations, Christian denominations, the men who developed these uh, church growth movement programs and the men who are teaching pastors on how to build and run a church all of these men, number one, are not saved. They've never been born again. They're not getting their knowledge on how to build a church from the Word of God. And number two is, a very large percentage of them are not only not saved, but they're deeply involved in the New Age movement, or they are, uh, their, their um, marketing strategies comes out of the cultural Marxism of the Frankfurt School. So you have the evangelical, born-again, Bible-believing churches uh, essentially being led by unsaved men and men who are cultural Marxists. So is it any wonder that the current statistics regarding Bible-believing evangelical churches are that 94% of all young people who are born in evangelical families will walk away or reject their faith in Christ by the time they enter college. 94% will reject their faith in Christ by the time they enter college. This is not an accident. It's because a Trojan horse has infiltrated the Christian church and undermined it from within. I can turn on television. I can go into just about any geographic area in America and I can go into uh, large, seeker-friendly churches. Whether they call themselves seeker-friendly churches or not is irrelevant, but they're using the seeker-friendly methodology of preaching and church organization and church growth. And I listen to the pastor preach, and he will preach not from the Bible. Oh, he'll throw a couple of verses in to make it sound like he's preaching from the Bible. But he won't preach from the Bible, and he will essentially give a hodgepodge of uh, humanistic, psychological, motivational sermons. Now, that does not produce discipleship. That does not cause people to be born again. That doesn't allow people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
That doesn't make people live holy and pure lives before God, and that doesn't set people on fire to change our nation. It creates essentially compliant, non-thinking, passive, robotic people who will follow the dictates of a totalitarian state. And that's where we are. I mean, this is why America is in crisis. America is not in crisis because of the Republican Party. America is not in crisis because of Hillary Clinton. America is in crisis because the Church of Jesus Christ has lost its salt and its savor, and the Church of Jesus Christ has rejected the Word of God and has become unfaithful to the Word of God. The, the central problem in America today is not economic. That's, that's a reflection of the central problem. The central problem in America today is not moral, and it's not political. The central focal problem in America, from which all our other problems stem, including the trade treaties, including migration, including terrorism, including uh, economic crisis, all of our st problems in America... Uh, come from a central point, and that central point is that the Church of Jesus Christ in America, God's people, have rejected the Word of God. Uh, essentially, they're worshiping idols, maybe not little statues of Moloch and, and Baal, but they're worshiping uh, the, the gods of personal peace, prosperity, materialism, sex, or whatever. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ has rejected the Word of God. It's following false gods. Therefore, it is devoid of the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is the central problem in America. Right now, if we were to, to look at America as a spiritual battlefield, and if we were to ask ourselves the honest question, why is America in a moral and spiritual freefall of decline? Why are we on the verge of losing our religious freedoms on the Internet and everywhere else? Why are people who talk about you know, global government uh, being uh, profiled as terrorists, uh, why do we have migration uh, with Syrian male terrorists into the United States? We could go down the list of all the problems of America, and there is one reason for it, and that reason is that the body of Christ or the church in America has been compromised. If the church in America, even just a remnant church, and I believe this is the message that's going to emerge from this Hear the Watchmen conference, I believe that the speakers may minister on many different uh, topics, but I believe that this central theme is going to emerge from the Hear the Watchmen conference, and that is this, that if we were to look at America as a spiritual battlefield, the, the reason we are losing the spiritual war is because the Church of Jesus Christ is no longer worshiping God and no longer obeying His Word. If a remnant church, and this is the other message that I believe that is going to emerge, if a remnant church rises, and that means a minority of true believers who love Jesus Christ, if a remnant church emerges, even though it's in the numerical minority, let's say it's 15 or 20 percent, if God by his power, and that's why this conference is so important, because the Hear the Watchman conference is a avenue by which the Holy Spirit can move with power and instruction, 
if a remnant church of 15 to 20 percent uh, rises in America, then the spiritual battle can be turned. It can be turned 180 degrees. If there are just 15 to 20 percent of dedicated remnant church Christians, that will radically change every uh, spiritual battlefield sector in our society. Media, politics, morality, culture, everything will be changed if we have a red-hot, on-fire uh, remnant church. So right now we're in this uh, uh, flow state of consciousness of, you know, like America is, is, is disintegrating. And yeah, yeah, at the moment it is disintegrating. But if a mere 10 to 20 percent of a remnant church will rise and be faithful to Jesus, the, the inertia, the mathematical inertia of spiritual power from on high, the dunamis, that will come into the earth through the believing church will push back the powers of darkness at every uh, spiritual battlefield juncture, and we would see, in a relatively short period of time, a significant rolling back of the powers of darkness over every spiritual battlefield in America. This is not going to happen because we, we, we elect one particular Republican or whatever. It's going to happen when a remnant church, a minority of the church, gets right with God through repentance, and we ignite a third great awakening. We can, we can live and we can see a turning of the tide of the spiritual battle. And I really wish that the people of God would embrace the, 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 the reality of that truth, because all things are possible with God. And if we receive power from on high, we will unleash the power of God upon our nation. And there's nothing more powerful than the power of God, and we can see the, this turning of the spiritual tide in our nation. No, God isn't going to put pixie dust over America, and it's not going to be like a Christian Disneyland. I'm not saying that. But we can see the spiritual battle turned. And I think people need to re renew their mind with the Word of God and allow the satanic strongholds of despair, cynicism, unbelief, and pessimism to be, to be dismantled uh, in their minds, because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and I believe that the demonic powers have erected strongholds in the minds and hearts of Christians, which are precluding and blocking them from seeing just how powerful and just how almighty God is. Remember, Joshua and Caleb said, as they looked at the promised land filled with giants, they said to the Lord, they offered him a good report, they said, we are well able to take the land. Now, if God's people would come to him and worship and say to the Lord, instead of, oh my God, what happens if Hillary wins or whatever, or whatever, if we would worship the Lord and if we would say to the Lord, um, we are well able to take the land, America, imagine what God could do. Amen. Oh, that was so well said. Amen. You know, uh, and thank you, thank you so much for for uh, the words that you've spoken about here, the Watchman. You know, folks. Uh, you know, Paul is is truly anointed. He's, a, he's an amazing man, and and you know, uh, 
Jeannie and I were just obedient to the Lord, and and we we have faith and we trust the Lord, but it still takes footwork, and and we need all of your help. You know, if you look at the name of the conference, it's called Hear the Watchman. So you you may at times wonder why is it that over the last six months, every time we turn around, these guys are all talking about Hear the Watchman. It's because they're watchmen, and they're back in off the wall, and they're telling all of you to gather because time is so short. You know, time is, we are at the point, if you're not right with Jesus now, you are in real trouble. And, uh, you know, when you come to the conference, I mean, we have, you're, you're going to have the ability to be baptized if you're actually there. But if you're, if you're doing the live streaming, and Paul puts it so well, you know, we're trying to bring the family together. And so, you know, bring them over to your house. Bring them into your living room. It's time for all of us across America to crawl up out of a hole and to come out here and put our arms around our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because you know what? We're going to need this family. I assure you, and Paul will back me up, that we will all need this family very, very shortly. And and that is why, you know, here the watchman is here. That is why it was, it's it's not, believe me, and I don't mean to say this, and I don't want anybody to get upset with me, and I, I don't want you to think I'm saying this in the, in the wrong way. Here the watchman was the absolute only choice that my wife and I had to do for the last nearly year of our life, because we were going to be obedient to what Jesus had told us. And no, it wasn't, uh, like Paul mentioned earlier, I didn't hear an audible voice, Jeannie didn't hear an audible voice, from, you know, but it was in our heart, you know, in our hearts. And we want to convey that same feeling to all of you. We want it to be in your heart to serve Jesus, to bring the family together, to, to help one another. You know, it's so easy to criticize and and you know what I'm telling you folks I am number one numero uno guilty of criticizing but I try every day I get down on my knees and I pray to the Lord to help me when I start the day help me to serve him to serve all of you uh, when it comes to the conference but you know I'm going to just give you a little piece of Teddy Roosevelt and I'm going to butcher it um, but I want to apply it to, to this conference. And, you know, the critics don't count. You know, it's the men like Paul McGuire and like Doug and Joe Hagman and like all of our speakers and Steve Quayle. It's the men in the arena with the blood and the sweat pouring down their faces, the tears, the, the, the scars of battle. Those are the men who know. Those are the men that... Or they don't, they don't, they're not stuck in that gray twilight between success or failure, you know, and, and they would all rather fail valiantly than not try at all, you know, and that's what we want all of you to do. We want you, you, all of exactly. you to get up off the couch and try, you know, stop criticizing, stop attacking each other and and cannibalizing, you know, one Christian cannibalizing another Christian. Stop it. 
Jesus doesn't want that. Jesus wants us to love one another. He wants us to join hands, and he wants us to stand for him and him only. You know, and so, uh, you know, I'm so honored uh, to be, like I said earlier, with, with my wife, Cheney, and, you know, and uh, Paul, I, I appreciate everything you said. I, I, I truly do. You have to understand it. When Mike went into debt, what it really means is Jeannie went into debt, you know. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's my wife who, who really, uh, put up the money for Here the Watchman. I mean, you know, sure, we're married and all that stuff, but it came from her. And, and God bless her for that, you know. Uh, she bet, if you want to talk about a strong Christian woman, she backed her husband. She stood up and said, Jesus told you to do this, then I've got your back. You know, and, and that's what we need across America. We need husbands and wives. I mean, even though Jeannie and I battle, but we come together with God and we, we need to, we need to come together as husbands and wives and, and, and to serve Jesus and to, 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 to just bring it back home because the end is coming. And, you know, I, I, uh, Jeannie is, is, she'll <laughs> laugh at me sometimes because I still, you know, from time to time when I just get so overwhelmed with all of this stuff, and I'm, I'm just going to admit, I'm kind of addicted to this show called House of Cards about the White House and all that, and, and I just find it kind of fascinating how, how corrupt the whole thing is, you know, and, and, but, you know, uh, the time's coming. The time that you, you see all this stuff that Hollywood's doing that John Robertson talks about. What an amazing thing that he talks about, and, and the, the way that Satan tries to come in and take control of all of us. And, you know, it's time to make a stand. It, it's time to draw that line in the sand and say, this is it, Satan. This is it. I will not allow you to cross this line. And, you know, uh, I'm just so grateful. So incredibly grateful to be. We, we are so grateful for you guys. Um, but, but you know, I just want to interject one thing, and, and again, then I'll shut up. <laughs> um, when Mike, when you were talking about the the name here, the Watchman, um, I don't know how many neighborhoods have um, neighborhood watch programs. Many do. I know many do. If every listener of this program considered themselves the captain of their neighborhood watch. Because that's what, essentially, if you're listening to this program, that's what you are. You, yourself, the listeners are a watchman. And if you're the block captain, call call the neighborhood together. Because, man, we've got problems in the neighborhood, don't we? <laughs> and, and that's what, that's what this is. And, you know, hence the name. And when you, when you were saying here, the watchman, this is you, the listener, calling the neighbors together and say, look, we've got problems. And not only do we have problems, but here are the solutions, just as you would say, put up the light, you know, put up some lighting, put up, you know, whatever, uh, cut down your shrubs, so, you know, but these are, you will get not only a, a, a sit rep, as we call it, <laughs> a status report of, of what the problems are in the block, but, but the influx of information and inspiration by, uh, the very people you put together, Mike, and of course Paul, and, and others, I mean, now 
you will get information and inspiration in addition to the sit rep. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead. You know, Doug, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump in here and I'm going to turn it over to, to Paul to drive it home. Uh, I just want to quote one of your chat room members, uh, Maggie. You know, above all, to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. That's what we're here to do, and that's why here the Watchman is coming to Dallas. So God bless you guys. Paul, you want to go ahead and just take us home? Yeah, on the note of of love, which is so important, you know, we love the Lord thy God, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. And then uh, in the book of John, 1 John, um, we read repeatedly uh, how that, as Christians, we're to love one another, and um, the world will know that we are Jesus' disciples if we love one another. And and I want to just bring this uh, uh, up front and center. Uh, it's been touched on, but one way that you can discern whether or not somebody who claims to be a Christian um, is truly a Christian or they're truly walking under the control of the Holy Spirit is are they loving one another? Are they loving other members in the body of Christ? And if they, you see, if the Pharisees claimed to be uh, loving and they ended up crucifying Jesus, there are a lot of people who justify their carnality, uh, their hatred, and their judgmentalism uh, because they have self-anointed themselves as... uh, uh, let's say the the, the, the knowing all uh, the defender of the faith, and what they do is they attack other believers. But if people are discerning, if you criticize another believer, you if you are truly a man or woman who has been called by God, not called by yourself, you will always speak the truth in love. So you may admonish someone but you're speaking the truth in love. When you read and hear comments by people who are who are taking sniper shots at other believers and their remarks and words are devoid of love, well, it should be obvious to you, if you have any spiritual discernment, that they, they have not been called by God, and indeed they're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and you, so you should be you should stay away because it, it, they're weeds. They're not true believers. A true believer will always speak the truth in love and will always conduct themselves in a way where you love one another because that's how the world knows that we're his disciples. The speakers at the conference, and this is one of the beautiful things, they don't all agree on on many uh, non-essential areas uh, of uh, Christianity. They don't all agree, let's say, on the timing of the rapture. They don't all agree on other things. Um, yet, they're coming together, and despite their differences, they're loving one another. And that's the sign of a mature body of Christ. Uh, and that's why here the Watchman is is really going to be powerful, because you have men of God, and women of God who have powerful messages, but they don't all agree with one another, but they've made a decision with their will to walk in the love of God towards one another. And that's what we're all called to do. Now, <clears throat> this here, the Watchman Conference, which is going to be March 18th to the 20th in Dallas, 
and there's still time for you to show up physically for that conference if you if you register now you can actually still physically attend the conference and if you live anywhere near there you should um, number two is no matter where you live in the United States or the world you can um, sign up for the live streaming and you absolutely should uh, if you go to uh, here to watchman.com you should sign up for the live streaming and you need to pray and invite people to your house uh, and and encourage and motivate uh, your other friends to sign up for uh, the Hear the Watchman conference live streaming. You know, you get hustling on the internet. Send it out to everybody. Tell them to, tell them to do it because if they don't do it, they're they're going to miss the message of it. Now the other thing is, um, there are a number of things going on spiritually with the Hear the Watchman conference that the Lord is doing. And when we read the Bible, we often see that the Lord does many things at once, and some of the things that he does are not always apparent uh, at, at first. So, for example, with the Hear the Watchman conference, we have the obvious. We have this powerful conference with these uh, anointed speakers who have a powerful message to give. God's going to move through the power of the Spirit. Uh, people are going to fellowship together. Uh, we're going to love one another. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to experience restoration and revival, and people are going to be healed. People are going to be saved. People are going to be delivered. I'm, I, I'm, I'm prophesying to you now, but people are going to come to that conference in Dallas, and they are going to walk into that conference, and there's going to be a number of people who are going to be supernaturally delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit, from all kinds of bondages. They're going to walk in there in bondage. They may not even know they're in bondage. But the power of God is going to touch them, and they will be supernaturally delivered. People will be healed emotionally. They'll be delivered. They'll be ministered to. Inner woundedness will be healed. God will give them a very powerful prophetic message through many of the speakers. And uh, God's going to invade the very center of this conference and move with his glory and his majesty and his truth. Uh, and that's exciting. Um, I'm the kickoff speaker, um, and I speak at the first session. So if you want to hear me speak, uh, you need to get there on time um, the first day. And I believe I speak at 1.30 uh, p.m., in the afternoon, which is the first speaker. So please don't come to me <laughs> afterwards and say, well, we didn't hear you speak, because I warned you I'm the first speaker. And then I have to uh, jump on a plane. And now, the other thing is, God's going to move on that level um, and across the world through this conference, but there's something else God is is doing through this conference that is supernatural and it is deeper and more profound than what your ordinary perception can see. So what I'm saying is that um, it's going to be a very powerful conference. People are going to be uh, hooked into that conference through live streaming. Many people's lives are going to be changed and touched. All of that is going to be going on in one level. But you see, God knows what is going to happen in the future. And God is using this conference to accomplish um, a, a, a deeper, 
uh, and more uh, uh, widespread uh, agenda from the kingdom of heaven. God is using this conference to begin something and to construct something and to complete something that most people probably aren't going to be aware of when they initially participate in it. But as time goes on, people are going to look back and they're going to be able to recognize, gee, God was up to something far bigger and deeper and greater than we realized when we just participated in the conference. So what I'm trying to say to you is that God has uh, a whole level of plans that accompany this conference, that he's God is using this conference on far deeper levels than people realize. This conference is laying the ground uh, for things that God wants to do in this nation prophetically and through his people. And God is not going to just reveal that uh, uh, casually or instantaneously. Uh, God is wiser than we are, but God is using this conference to do something far deeper, far more long-term than many people realize. Now, the reason I'm saying that is it's important for you to obey the Holy Spirit. As I said before, the Holy Spirit is speaking to many people and calling many people, and the Holy Spirit is asking you to uh, attend, and he's asking you to sign up for live streaming, and he's asking you to invite people to your house to watch it with you. Uh, and, and that's a call from the Holy Spirit, and you have the choice to obey the Holy Spirit or di- to disobey the Holy Spirit. But in, but in addition to that, the Lord is doing something uh, far beyond that. And what you may not understand, many times God asks us to do something. Uh, many times God gives us a choice where he's, he's asking that we obey him without fully understanding the full reason uh, for why it is he's calling us to do something. So what I'm telling you is that when, for those of you that are hearing the Holy Spirit and are willing to obey him, uh, your willingness to obey God, to sign up for the live streaming, involves a lot more than what you think it does, because uh, your obedience is going to allow God to do a number of other things uh, through your life and through your obedience that relates to this live streaming and this conference that God isn't going to disclose to you right up front, but it's going to be apparent to you after you make the choice to obey the Lord and do it. um, God is going to reveal to you further down the road um, all the reasons why he called you to obey him to do this. What I'm trying to tell you without laying out all the cards is God, God's got a far bigger game going on here than what you may uh, uh, perceive on just a, a basic level. God is, God is way ahead of us, and he needs you to obey him at this level so God can accomplish his master plan, if you will. And you'll understand what that master plan is, but but he's not going to reveal it to those people who aren't obeying him. He reveals reveals it to those people who obey him. I can't tell you how many times in my life where the Lord has told me to obey him on what I thought was a rather insignificant level, 
And, you know, as usual, I was somewhat resistant. And then when I finally obeyed him, and it didn't appear to be that big of a deal, all of a sudden, time went by, and I said, wow, Lord, that's why you wanted me to do this. Because my obedience in what seemed to be a rather small area was the very thing that opened up all kinds of areas. You see, that happens in all of our lives. The ministry that I have today, which is worldwide, didn't uh, happen in one swoop. It happened through a series of me being willing to obey the Lord in what appeared to be somewhat insignificant and small things. I'll give you an example. I began my, my ministry career speaking uh, to uh, groups of businessmen in restaurants, and I would speak before f- about five businessmen on average, and the only thing I got out of it is they gave me a free salad bar lunch, and these weren't you know, really high-end restaurants. But I obeyed the Lord. Every time these businessmen would invite me to speak at their luncheons, uh, five people for a salad bar, uh, I obeyed him. And I spoke faithfully, just as if I would speak to 5,000 people. I spoke faithfully in the most obscure places for years. Obscure. When I mean obscure, I'm talking about obscure. They would would be embarrassing to bring people to. Now, I did that for years, and I did many other things for years. Don't want to cut you short, Paul, but we are in the last 30 seconds of the program. I'm sorry. All All I'm trying to say, and thank you for reminding me, is that it's important for you to obey the Lord sign up for live streaming because you don't know what else God has in mind for you but it's important for you to walk through this door so I encourage you sign up for the live streaming and invite people over to your house a lot more is hanging in the balance than you realize Amen, thank you so much Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us and Mike, thank you again, have a great night everyone This is the Global Star Radio Network